This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we're going to be talking about will Zion Williamson win Rookie of the Year? We had no idea what question to pose because, Jesus Christ, is this kid insane. No, I knew I what wait question to, to post. You just wouldn't We, we talked you off the ledge. No, it, I'm at the ledge. You didn't talk me anywhere. <laughs> then we will talk about OKC, whether they'll be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. I don't really want to do the Zion topic now. Ricky has ruined Zion <laughs> Williamson for me. Uh, then we'll talk about our wet boys, guys, that absolutely went off in the past week. We'll give them love and credit in that segment. And then we'll wrap it up with some Victor Oladipo talk. He's returning on January 29th. Right now it is the 24th. So in five days, the all-star guard will be returning to the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about the impact that he will add to that team. But before we do all of that stuff, uh, shout out to the seven people that are currently in uh, our Twitch uh, chat. We are live right now on twitch.tv slash podcast. You can join the party over there. And also shout out to our patrons. Uh, we have a ton of patrons that help support us, that help keep the lights on. We just talked to Sam in our Super Fans uh, podcast. We had uh, John on last week as well. We had Bilal on last week. Uh, those guys help support us. They guys, they, they really, truly do support us. So if you want to check us out and help support us like these great people do as well, check out patreon.com slash podcast. But let's jump into the Zion Williamson talk. Zion Williamson. Stupid. 37 points in his first 33 minutes. Uh, I think there's a little bit more minutes played after that, but that was the stat that I first saw uh, pop up on Twitter because we were doing a live podcast, but we've caught up. We've watched uh, the last couple minutes of the game as well. Um, Zion finished the game against the Nuggets. They lost 113-106 with 21 minutes. 7 of 9 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, 1 of 4 from the line. Six boards, no assists, one steal, one block. Plus 16 on the floor. He was the only starter besides uh, Drew Holiday that was a positive for the Pelicans that game. And he finished with 15 points. But the real story, the massive story coming out of uh, of you know Zion Williamson returning uh, was that Wednesday game where he went 8 of 11, 4 of 4 from 3, 7 boards, 3 assists, and 22 points, scoring 17. 17 straight points for the Pelicans. It looked like a very slow start for Zion Williamson, and then he just came out rattling off Mm -hmm. 17 straight points. So it was phenomenal and super fun to watch uh, from Zion Williamson. Let's talk first, before we get into Rookie of the Year, before we get into your stupid asinine shit, um, let's talk about just truly Zion Williamson. Mm -hmm. What have you seen so far? What is the biggest takeaway that you've gotten from Zion Williamson's first two games? What is... What, what's what's your feeling? So it's funny that you ask that because after the first game, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm thinking about us talking about the draft process. Yeah. And I remember you and I, Sean, going back and forth on Zion. And one of the things that I was your big bugaboo with it was, yeah, he can shoot from the outside, but what, what's his percentage going to be? Like, how is he going to be knocking down those shots? Like Dave mentioned before we actually started the podcast for – Um, we were talking about Zion a little bit to our Twitch guys. He said, yeah, they were wide open, but Mm -hmm. like you said, you still got to knock them down. Mm -hmm. I think what Zion is doing, I know it's only one game and now two games because they just finished the one against the Nuggets. He's showing us that, hey, there's a reason why I was the number one pick in this draft. Hurt or not, I am the best player from last year's draft. It's not because of his three-point shooting. No, but like... (laughs) He's already. We know what Zion Williamson is already good at, mm-hmm. and our big thing was, yeah, he's a great player, 
But if he can knock down, my big thing was if he can knock down those shots, that transcends him to an even better player at the NBA. And I know it's only one game, but when you're knocking down four for four, being the kind of big guy he is, if he can consistently make shots like that, he's going to be one of the best okay. players in this game. It, it, it's it, You're not wrong, but I, I do want to clarify, <laughs> they were wide open shots the yes. four that he hit. I, 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 and also, the, the, the stroke is still not there. It's not a pretty shot that's going up there. I agree with Kingy. He, he's out for he, MVP. He doesn't seem full. He's not getting a ton of lift off the ground. He's not really putting his full. It's not a true motion. It's more of a jerk shot that's going up. It is falling, and you do need to have confidence uh, in taking those shots. And the biggest thing that I do take away from Zion and watching him, yeah. the first three quarters, it still felt like he was learning the game, still felt like he was trying to figure out the flow. And then in the fourth quarter, he was like, I think he just started trusting his basketball instincts. And that's what we saw in that in, in that game, that he knows that he is a great basketball player. Is he a great shooter? No. But half of the part of shooting is confidence. Mm-hmm. Half of the part of it is just knowing that you're, it's going in, knowing your shot and knowing that it's going in. It could be a broken shot, but if you have confidence that you can hit it, you can hit, go 4-4 four four on a game. Like that is, that is truly what it is, practice and confidence, and that's going to help you get, get a great shot. He doesn't have great form, and that's that's for sure. And that's what might lead to him not being a great long-term shooter. But mm-hmm. in games, he can go off like this because he has confidence, because he's got you know the rhythm of his shot. So as yeah. long as the motion's being performed the same way over and over again, and you're able to hit that shot, then it's not a bad motion. But traditionally and mechanically, it right. is not a good shot. And it, it reflects in his ability or lack of ability to hit free throws. He was a 64% shooter in, 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 uh, in college. Mm-hmm. That's the same sh- set shot over and over again. You're shooting from the same distance over and over again. If you have a good motion, you'll be able to hit from an 85 to a 90% uh, range and, yeah. and, and having confidence as well. I think Zion is not going to be that level of a player yet, or mm-hmm. at least right now, because that mechanical part of his game is not there. Mm-hmm. But what it did show you is that he can be a very impactful player, and if you do leave him open, he has the confidence to knock down those shots. And yeah. that's what the biggest takeaway I took from at least these first two games is, is that he hasn't gotten back into the basketball swing of things, but he is an absolutely electric player, and it's so good to see him back playing basketball. I think that's what we talked about mainly in the draft prospect last year is just we're excited to see this kid play. Yes. I mean, he's just fun to watch, and you know, maybe he will be a LeBron James. I don't want to cap him. Again, you look at him. I don't want to cap this there, kid there's at nothing any to point cap at all. Because we've never seen something like this. There's worries about the injuries, clearly. He started off his career injured. He's mm-hmm. 285 pounds at 6'6". There are uh, there's very <laughs> he's uh, there's a unique a high prospect. There's a high chance that he's going to get injured again. Mm-hmm. But also, he can be a dominant two-way player. Yeah. And we didn't see the defense in the first game. Uh, what I've heard in the at least the, the Denver game showed like it was a little bit uh, there as well. Yeah. It showed like it came back a little bit. So, Dave, what are your first takeaways from this? Because at least what I'm taking away is I'm not shocked by anything I am seeing. I'm just really fucking glad to see Zion Williamson yeah. back playing basketball. Yeah, no, there it, it was like something was missing from the NBA season, and it, it was Zion Williamson. The excitement wasn't quite where we had hoped for, and then all of a sudden just a spark happened, and basketball is all I can think about again, and it's because Zion Williamson just being on the court is electric. He is must-see basketball right now, and it was interesting the way that they started him off in his first game because he was very team-oriented. He was very um, 
smart basketball. Like he wasn't trying to force anything mm-hmm. in his first couple of touches that game. They went like they opened up with him at the top of the key going for a pick and roll. He rolled backside, didn't get the pass. They went mid range jump off, worked out fine. He passed out of a couple situations where literally he touched the ball and five players turn and look at him. Mm-hmm. Like he has that draw already and he knows when to pass out of it. But the biggest thing for me was, like you said, it was the explosion of offense. It was literally two words feed me. Yeah. And then all it was was downhill. He can't be stopped going to the rim, or at least in the couple games we've Mm -hmm. seen so far, he is as good as we had hoped for. It wasn't just the fact he was bowling over kids in college who aren't his size. It doesn't matter how big you are in the NBA. Mm -hmm. When he's coming downhill, good luck to you trying to stop him. And And his first two opponents haven't been against slouches either. No, yeah, you're playing The big guys they got is like Nikola Jokic on the Nuggets. I don't know how much one-on-one him and Zion went Mm -hmm. today, but like when he was on the floor... He had LaMarcus Aldridge on the other side, so it wasn't like he had a slouch of a like no-name player that he was going up yeah, against. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, you, they're still trying to figure out how to use Zion, Yeah, and that's one thing that I did see in the first couple quarters, and this is something that Diamond just said. Uh, can people stop comparing uh, Zion to LeBron? They have very different play styles. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's true. I mean, yeah. you look at the way that he was used, Zion was used in the first couple uh, you know, uh, quarters, at least of the uh, Pelican-Spurs game. You would never see LeBron used as a trailing three-point shooter, a guy that's posting up like a, a center would to position himself for a lob to then go up mm-hmm. near the rim mm-hmm. within the three feet around the rim. And then also as a guy that is solely setting setting picks. LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands, bring the ball up a ton. I haven't seen that from Zion. I don't know if that happened a ton in the Denver game. Again, we're recording a podcast, but I, I do believe that they typically haven't gone away from him setting up in the low post, trying to use his body and trying to use his speed. Um, I also knew that he was doing very well in transition as well, and that was yes. something that he is just so incredible at is his, fluid, built his fluidity, um, using that 6'6", 285 frame, but also being able to have a layup package of a guard. Um, he has the ability to go up and under, and he has the ability just to uh, f- his finesse and move his people. body. Yeah, finesse and move his body, uh, you, know, like, like, uh, you know, like a guard. So... He is truly unique. So I don't want to compare him to to LeBron, but Ricky, when I think you say LeBron, I think you're just talking about the one level. of the most impactful players in the yeah. league. That's what he can be. And it's exactly like Diamond on the second part of what he said was it's the hype level. It's that I've said it before on a podcast that I feel like Zion, unless he gets injured and has like a career defining injury mm-hmm. he could be on the path to be the next like best player in the nba and the thing that i just i think about is the nba could be set up to have such an interesting storyline when it comes to best player in the nba because that? right now like i feel like zion could be developing to be in that conversation luke is definitely there too because early. like yes. how luca's been playing and then also, I know this is a bit of a stretch, but this is a guy who's going to be coming into the league and be younger than Zion and Luka. Yeah. But like when we were playing 2K, yep. watching the semifinal games, we were playing 2K, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, Amoni Bates. You're like, he's supposed to be the guy that people are like putting that LeBron they're, they're, crown they're on him. Yeah. already, where if he lives up to that hype, Zion lives up to the hype, Luka Doncic is already living up to that hype. Like, we could be set up for an NBA where we don't have just one best player. It's 
three guys that are fighting for that well, crown. Yeah, and then that just shows that there isn't a best player in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, but I, it's I don't just know how when the last the, landscape the this was. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know um, in, in our Discord, we've kind of joked around about, like, we have enough talent. We have more talent than we've ever had in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And if they did want to go to an expansion, like, Every team has the ability to have a star and then a guy who's a rising prospect. Like there was, we're so loaded. Yeah, I mean, I just did an expansion draft in two K nineteen, and the the thirty six pick, I, I, when all sixteen, all six spots, I could mm-hmm. thirty six pick was Trey Young. Yeah. So I mean, you're getting a star at thirty six. So I, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely true. I mean, yeah, and Diamond said also, don't forget Giannis. I mean, that's that's the no, guy that is going not. to take mm-hmm. over the, the crown next uh, from LeBron. I think Giannis, you know, with how young he is, he's definitely a, a factor into that. Uh, Luca, I think, is probably you know behind him as well. I don't think we could shortchange Jason Tatum as well. He's been fantastic both ways this year, and I think that at some point he's going to take over that team. Um, so I think those three are, are definitely guys to watch out for. And Bede's a stud, Jokic is a stud. Both of those guys are super young as well. We're not sure what That's those true guys' thing. ceilings are as well. So many people under twenty five mm-hmm. who are already putting up numbers so, that are com- comparable to people in their primes. Zion might might, might be the most interesting player to watch and he might be the most entertaining player to watch so he's definitely got those blake griffin you know rookie year vibes to when he touches the ball he's just so aggressive at times oh throw down just throw down i want to see dunk highlights that's all i want to see out of you i just don't know if he'll be the best player and i'm I'm saying as in you know Giannis is going Giannis right now is is just stupidly efficient, yeah. right? And 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 he's he's the best player defensively and offensively. And it's truly how the hell are we going to? Oh, no, he's in the no. conversation for best player defensively. Best two-way player. I'm sorry. Best yes. two-way player. He's, he's the best say. complete he's, package he's in the, the NBA best right now. Two-way player. That's what yes. I meant. Thank you for for clearing me. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing right now is you you have you have right now a guy that I think that Zion would need to start matching because mm-hmm. at least play style ways. You know, we see now Giannis extending his game beyond the three-point line, and that's a whole big thing of if he's able to hit that shot consistently, guys are then going to have to start respecting that, and then you're not going to be able to stop Giannis offensively as soon at all. As, yeah, say as soon as you go out to guard him on the line and he puts the mm-hmm. ball on the floor, you're fucked. And that's the biggest thing with, with Zion, too. Right now he doesn't have the same amount of uh, possessions bringing the ball up and being a facilitator and, and having isolation and driving and attacking like Giannis does. Mm-hmm. But I do think that is where we will start to progress to uh, Zion's game. And and I think that, you know, it, best player is too early is what I'm trying to paint. Yes. He's played two games. I so don't disagree. While, while he will definitely be a guy to watch in that, mm-hmm. that discussion, I think it's way too early to to put him in that category just yet because Giannis won an MVP and he's only 25. Yeah, so I'm let's gonna, wait until he's I even mean, at Giannis level before we start me, talking about that. I'm going to go out on that ledge. I'll make a bold prediction that, yes, he will be in that caliber yeah, but, of like, player. No one's calling for it. Like Let's just enjoy it right now. He's oh, played I two am. games. I, I've had more fun watching Zion. Like the, the 17 straight points was some of the most fun I've had watching Zion Kills. since Game 7 of the 2016 Finals. Mm-hmm. Like that is the, the last time I felt this much joy. Or watching Luka, right? Yeah. Like that is where the last time I was taken. Like was watching the final three minutes of Game 7 of 2016 with the LeBron block, with the Kyrie shot. That was the last time I've truly enjoyed basketball that much. Where it's just like I'm turning my brain off and just watching great basketball. Yeah. And Zion, just with his, his, his shape out there and his athletic ability, and his mm-hmm. hype and him finally living up to it that stuff of just that that stuff is super fun and and while it is possible i don't know if that's where i want to frame this conversation and dave this is where i'll go to you rookie of the year your guy's john morant right and not, you don't you you were obviously picking zion number one you know that zion's the best player Correct. out of this draft class but you've always been day one first person out of out of your mouth you know right after zion was always john morant in this league yep right now john morant clearly rookie of the year yes um the question is, 
in the next 60-something games or 50-something games or 40-something games. We're right? below 40. 40. Yeah, oh, it's 44 We're, or something like that. Yeah, I don't I know say. how to do math. We're at game 45, games I think, on the year right now. So, so in the next 40-something games. I, I can't count. 82 games total. Somewhere math is involved here, people. <laughs> 45 to 38 games left in the NBA season. <laughs> Someone in chat help us. Can please. Zion Williamson win rookie of the year? I'll do the math. This pains me to say. Don't say will he, but but do you think he can? He can. And it, it, it pains me to say because I feel like playing a whole season means something. And John Rance missed a couple games due to injuries. But, like, outside of that, like, he's been here. He's going to continue to be here. 36 more games. Thank Jesus Christ, we were way off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can, can Zion do it in that short of a span? If he's this electric every night, it's hard to say no because – He's shooting at a historic percentage coming out the gates, and will that sustain? Who knows? Probably not. If it does, I can't even like argue with that. Like, I, of course, mm-hmm. of course, the guy who's playing twenty minutes a night and scoring twenty points a game, like, how are you gonna say no to that? That I- incredible, mm-hmm. incredible advanced stats, everything across the board you want to see out of a player, and he is must see TV. He, like you said, that joy that he brings to you is special. That's rookie of the year doesn't always mean best player of the year, guy who scores the most points. It's the guy you want to put as a face of your league moving forward. And to me, there's no losers here. John Rant's an amazing player. And I think it's been an amazing uh, half of year. People had no expectations of this Memphis Grizzlies team being where they are, being in a playoff hunt right now. And I think it goes to show that those lower tier guys in recruiting ranks can come into the NBA and prove people wrong yet again. We've talked about small school guys hating the NBA rolling. And I love John Morant and everything about him. He is one of the most fun passes in the NBA. He's able to get rebounds. He's able to shoot. He's able to score. He's able to take over fourth quarters games. Like I've like, there's nothing I can be disappointed about John Morant. It's just I'm preparing myself for the fact that Zion Williamson is as good as promised right now. And if you give me 35 electric games versus you know 80, well at this point it would probably be about. 70 to 74 games of John Rant being excellent, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. I think it might come down to the fact that are the Pelicans competing? Are the mm-hmm. M- Memphis Grizzlies competing for a playoff spot? Yeah, and that's something that, you know, although they have lost two straight now and are at 17 and 29, this Pelicans team is still in the playoff hunt. Memphis is above them in the standings, uh, but they just got their doors blown off them in, in, in Boston. So yeah. they're play- when they play good teams, it, it doesn't know, you know real, can they be truly uh, competitive. I want to go to the Twitch chat real quick because they just started working in some of the stuff, uh, talking about some of the times they felt the most joy. Uh, Demon King, the most joy I felt watching basketball was when Jimmy Butler hit the game tying shot against the Raptors then oh. Kawhi Leonard pissed at my cereal uh, so that's a good one uh King E thinks Zion has missed two games uh and then Diamond saying Ja will win it but if Zion keeps this up I would give it to Zion and keeping this up uh at least for that and and Demon King said Joel Embiid almost won it uh rookie of the year while only playing 31 I games know. different class there wasn't a John Morant there it yeah. was it was Malcolm Brogdon and and, and Dario Sarge and Dario Sarge and the fact that his and Joel votes Embiid. were split basically because yep. same fan base and, and Joel Embiid was better by and, the way, the Grizzlies did beat the Pistons tonight. I know it's not on Basketball Reference, but they did well, win tonight. But I was just saying, like the last game that I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. against a good team, they got they got right. They got the, the shit kicked in. The Pistons aren't a good team, um, so that's fair. But with that, um, at least the idea of Zion can win Rookie of the Year if he averages 25, 22 to twenty five points and ten boards. Right now, he's at eighteen points, seventy five percent from the field, and then six and a half boards. 
while I do think it's very fun to watch and while I do think that it is very intriguing, if he's not helping this team get to the playoffs, I think that's what's going to need to happen. If he keeps this performances, if he, if he keeps these performances up, you know, I, I don't expect him to shoot 75% of the field. If he does, I'm also not going to be shocked. <laughs> um, but if he shoots 75% of the field, grabs, I think he, he's probably going to grab more than six and a half boards per game. I, so maybe eight. That's opportunity, though. Like, yeah. I, I think that's one of those situations. You've got Favors. You've got Hayes. You've got a couple other bigs out there. And if he's only playing X minutes, like, mm-hmm. I could see him being around seven, seven to eight. All right, like, so if, could he? He's a better rebounder than that, but I think seven is fine. If he averages 18-7, he's probably going to average more than one and a half assists per game. He had three and then had zero. So I think we're, we could probably say that he's going to average around two and a half. How many B words? The B word is weird, and that's what I want to get to is with, mm-hmm. with blocks is, uh, first, Ricky, yeah. before we get into stat line with, yep. with Zion. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have myself. Rick, Zion winning Rookie of the Year. So I, yes. Dave thinks that it is possible, but you know a lot of stuff will happen. I think Pelicans need to make the playoffs, and he, he needs to keep this up. What do you think? I don't think he needs to make the playoffs. I To me, I look at it, and I am basing the stat line off of the Carl Anthony Towns here. Because that was one where one, two, and three in the MVP voting, you had Towns, Porzingis, and Jokic. Uh, you had three bigs at the top of the rookie of the year um voting. Now Jokic, I'm gonna put to the side because his rookie year, he averaged 10 points, seven boards, but he was shooting 51% from the field. To me, the three-point numbers is where it comes in because just looking off of Cat, where he had the 18, he had the 10 rebounds, he had about a block and a half a game, but he was shooting about 54% from the field and 34% from three. What is Zion's three-point percentage going to be? Because if he's shooting 40% from three, it's kind of hard not to put him I, in that rookie of the year that he should win it. Well, he's going to be in the conversation no matter what. No, I mean, I mean the like fact that, that he stepped he on the court. be number one. If he's shooting 40% from, the, from three, I highly doubt that's why he's going to win Rookie of the year, Josh shooting forty yeah, percent. Like, what does I'm, that? What I'm does saying that mean? the rest of his numbers are going to be there. I feel like he'll have the eighteen points. He may not get but if he's, ten, but he may have seven if eight he's rebounds 18, per game. If he's getting eighteen, like if he's getting eighteen mm-hmm. points and he's shooting forty percent from three, he's still getting eighteen points, even if he's not shooting forty percent from three. Yeah, so if he's I still know, getting, if he's still scoring eighteen points per game, eighteen I don't is think, eighteen is your point. Yeah, eighteen is eighteen. I think the, yeah. the point number matters rather than the the, the split shooting I, splits. I don't think anyone's going to be like, whoa, now he could shoot threes. He's got to be rookie of the year. I think it's got to be impact on the team. The so only if this re- team makes the playoff, I think that he's going to be rookie of the year. The only reason I beg to differ is I know it was big to big, but that year, mm-hmm. yes, Carl Anthony Towns had about four points more per game than Kristaps, yeah. but his splits were better. He was shooting 54% from the field compared to 42, and even from three, 34 compared to... 33. I know that's marginal, but he did but, have the but, better split. And right now, John Morant, 48, 40, and 80. Mm-hmm. From the, and he has better, he, right now, he yeah. doesn't have better splits from the field, but he's, has, uh, and he doesn't have better three point percentage. But if you're mm-hmm. saying he's at 40, they're going to be both at 40. Jaws going to be averaging 17 and 7 and four boards while also playing the entire season. So I think Zion is but, going to need to eclipse him in some way. And I think that yes. is only going to be by. Team effect, and that's going to be playoffs. I don't think Comes the split down. line is going to be, matter. He I, can shoot 100% in every single game going on. It doesn't matter, though. Well, it's also the fact of I feel like if, if let's say for sake of argument, Zion does shoot 40% from three. Sure. Well, if he's got like 54% from the field, that's better than Ja. And then it comes down to what Dave just threw up before you asked me the question. 
how many blocks does Zion have? Because if he has about even a mm-hmm. block and a half per game, that to me is going to be you got to put that in as a plus over yeah. job ja because Jaw's got to steal a game. Though. Yeah. But what would you take? One steal per game or a block block and a half still, per game? Still a turnover. I, no, I know. But I, I, mean, I think at the end of the day, how many steals does Zion have? Yeah. I mean, like, steal. I don't. I don't want to argue about stats because I don't think this those are. They don't to. tell the whole story either. Yeah, like, I think John Rant's impact on running an entire team as a rookie mm-hmm. versus being a good piece on a team that has depth and guys that you can count on, guys who are already playing at a very high level, and Brandon Ingram in. Uh, Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, like you've Derek Favors. You've got established guys on that team playing at a high level versus John Rant, who's coming out into a team with no expectations this year, and he's able to get a lot more out of guys like Dylan Brooks, who is having a career year mm-hmm. right now. Uh Jaron Jackson Jr., great year. Like there, he's leading a team. If, but is there any time where the guy who didn't win it had better stats than the guy who did win it? Like yes. Joel Embiid. Well, I mean, played thirty-one games. Like we said, with that one, that one was also with the like Dave said, the voting of having two Sixers. But that's because. But the there. reason why he didn't win it was, was because 31. he only played thirty-one games. That, that was the he didn't that was have the answer a full the impact on, but, on on a team, and that's the going to be the biggest downside with Zion is how much of an effect will he have truly on the team? But did Embiid have as much hype as Zion's going to have? Yes, with how he was playing, he was. Yeah, who's he the was best player in the NBA? Ten, I was say like, like he was he a top was, ten player. I mean, he was like, so dominant. I mean, like, and I'm disgusting. Honestly, thinking back to that, when Embiid came back that first game, did it have as much hype as Zion had his first game? Because that's going to play in too with no, Zion. It's not much didn't. hype that but, there but is I, around if, Zion. If it's a hype award, then it's a hype award, but it's never been a hype award in the history of its existence. I mean, I, I find me one guy that was that truly over 82 games was <laughs> won it because of hype. I mean, right now Zion Williamson is going to blow the shit out of uh, out of John Morant because he plays a, an extremely efficient game. So, like, does Zion Williamson like can Zion Williamson have a true shooting percentage of like eighty six? Probably not, but I think he can have like a, a, a true shooting percentage near seventy. He right now he has a thirty six per. Like, I don't think his 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 advanced numbers are going to kick ass because he's going to have lesser of a you know lesser of a role. Um, at least ball handling wise, and he's going to be set up in situations to succeed, mm-hmm. and he's going to be playing a very high efficient game of basketball. Where John Morant's going to have turnovers because he's handling the ball so much. He's going to have uh, you know times where you know the guys aren't hitting his shots, so he's not going to get as many assists as possible. I, I think that what, we're, what we need to look at is the totality of the effect that they have on a team. And if Zion, if Zion's averaging eighteen points and seven boards, and you know, shooting extremely efficient from the field. But John Morant's been doing that for 82 games, shooting efficiently for a guard, yes. 48%, 40 and 80, while having 18 and 7. Doing that over 82 is going to be more important than 36 or 40 or whatever I, he's going to end up playing. I agree with you there. I think that John Morant's impact on a team has been so high that it's hard for me to step away from him. I want to buy into the hype of Zion. I love Zion as mm-hmm. a player moving forward because he's so fun to watch. And, you know, you have those situations where, um, like, shit, between shows, we were talking about, like, that block he just had. Like, mm-hmm. a block is more than a block sometimes because it's a momentum swing. Uh, Zion with the 17 points, like, in a row. It was just like, mm-hmm. this guy's taking over a game. It was insane. But at the same time, John Rant's taking over games in fourth quarters. And he's got highlight reel dunks. He's got highlight reel circus passes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think both of these guys are excellent. But I have to defer to well, John Rant if he and- finishes out the season the way he started it. And the one thing I will throw in, I don't know what side of the table um, this helps, 
But the one rookie of the year that I'm looking at is this is from what fucking year? Um, 2000, 2001, oh, where Mike, Mike, Mike Miller won the award over um, Kmart. And if you look at the stats, they had about the same in points. They had the same assists. Rebounds went to Kmart 7.4 to 4. But the thing that won it, Kmart also had more steals, more blocks per game than Mike Miller. But it's the shooting splits that really won it because they were around the same 44 for Kmart, 43 for Mike Miller. But from three, Mike Miller was shooting 40%, yeah, or Kmart was shooting 0.09. What do you think? It, but Kmart was a power forward. No, like I he know. Was very similar. I know. But, but the like, biggest thing that came down to Orlando was in the playoffs. They went 43 and 39. The Nets sucked. They were 26 and 56. Like, again, like, I think importance to a team is going to matter. And Kevin, Ke- Kenya Martin also didn't play a full 82. Mike Miller did. And Kenya Martin was the number one overall pick that year. Recent, but recently, like, if you look at the recent ones, I think we're moving away from that. Like, last year, where were the Mavericks in the playoffs? But Lucas still won Rookie of the Year. That's but because it's competition. Who's competition? Look at the, the like, the, the it's not making It's we- not making the playoffs. It's... I, the Luka years was, that Wiggins and Towns won it, like the T Wolves weren't a like playoff team. But it's was, it's the stats that are much better. Like you have to look at this the the the, the it's basic not one three. Thing you can point at. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. look at if you look at the we're saying like point wise right now there is no difference between Ja, ja and Zion. It doesn't matter about the splits because they're going to mm-hmm. have the same amount of points. You're still scoring eighteen points no matter how you're scoring it. And if, the question if, with if, Zion will if, be the Zion, minutes restriction. If Zion's grabbing you know seven boards. Well, Ja's got seven assists. Right, and if you know, right now Jaws grabbing four boards. Let's just give Zion three assists. Going to be very similar. So who's done it longer and who's had more of an effect on a team? That's why again, I'm, I'm gonna, we're just keep getting into a circle. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to team success. So if they have very similar basic three points, rebounds, and assists, the three things that we look at when we're giving out wet boys, if they have very similar of those, I'm going to think team record is going to come down to it. If the Pelicans go. You know, if they lose ten games in the in all the games mm-hmm. that Zion play in, and they're winning all the other ones, Zion's going to win the award because he's affecting the team in such a massive point. I don't think it matters about the, well, the splits. See, Final that, thoughts, and well, we're going to move on. The thing I hate about that is, like, for example, tonight when I don't know how the exact final stats played out, but like when I did look at the stats while we were watching the game, Zion's a plus fifteen, Jackson Hayes is a minus sixteen. So it's like, why would you penalize a guy? Because the team lost, and it's like it's a team. It takes a team to win a game to make a playoffs. It doesn't just take one person unless you're LeBron James and no, the you're, Cleveland Cavaliers. No, you're not wrong about that, but I think you're missing the point is that, like, and also plays in the minutes restriction. If Zion was also playing more minutes, then they wouldn't. you wouldn't have to worry about that because they lost by five. Zion would have swung that game by five points. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, it's, it's, it's how much is he affecting the team in wins because right now the other rookie that is putting up 17-7 and, and 4 that has been doing this is near a 500 team, where Zion's team is not doing that. And that goes back to the Mike Miller oh. thing. Very similar stats for him and Kenyon Martin. One team was, you know, five games over 500. The other team was one of the worst teams in the league. I'll also throw this out. Doesn't need to be a huge discussion. But with the Grizzlies, too, mm-hmm. is with their success, how much is Ja? How much is Triple J? Because Triple J's been balling out this year as well. John Morant's been a better player. It, it's not even close. And also the fact that Brandon Ingram's having a career year. Point of play. 25. 25, uh, 5, and 5. Yeah. On stupid splits. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you he's can't gonna try most, to discredit he's gonna be John most improved player from well, the fact that... I mean, I'm just saying... He has like, a much better teammate. 
what? It, Brandon Ingram's a much better player than Triple Zion J Wilson. is. Yeah. No, Zion, uh, no, Zion Williamson's teammate is much better than exactly. John Morant. And then if you continue going down depth, who's better? Drew Holiday or Dylan Brooks? Is that is that where Brian we're at? Clark? Brian Clark? I mean, that's, that's well, what I'm saying. And, like, Jonas and that's Jonas? why I'm trying to... I, mean, also, I don't think team success plays in... I think it's going to be more the stats... You have to. And no. individually, what you see from We've moved the player. past individual stats as, as the decider, and, yeah. and I want to just end on the, f- the the fact that John Rant, I, I I'm saying it. He, he's my rookie of the year. I called mm-hmm. it before the year. I called it, you know, during the draft because guess what? Availability. Yeah. Look, Zion isn't. You can throw back to Zion can only play 20 minutes a game, but look at his stat line. Well, Zion can only play 20 minutes a game because of the fact that he can't get himself. Into the condition shape, stay That's healthy. It. It's that it. I think it's the Pelicans putting him on a. If Zion was healthy, would he be playing thirty yeah. tonight? If, if Zion if was he healthy, would he be playing eighty-two games? Guess what? Zion's not healthy, so he can't do those things. Or he wasn't so, healthy. He wasn't healthy. He wasn't healthy. He, or he is healthy now. Just want to clarify. Mm, no, he is healthy. It's just six, six two eighty doesn't sound healthy to me. But no, I'm not a doctor. It's healthy. But he was also he was also <laughs> the same size last year and was fine. I mean, the what, Pel- what injury did he have last year? Played 36 games, he's fine. Yep. The Pelicans are going to put him on a minutes list because he is their highest asset. And they're going to restriction because he's their highest asset and they're going to do whatever possible to not have him get hurt this year. Because it's, so, how does they that help his case no, for rookie guys, of the year? Jesus Christ. No, I'm just it's saying, like, that's why the minutes restriction, I'm not going to hold that against him in the rookie of the year. If I the would, Pelicans put him on 20 minutes, it's what is he doing in that twenty minutes? Dave, I agree with Dave. Availability is the best avail- the best ability. John Morant's been available for more than Zion Williamson has, and if they have similar stats, they're going to come down to availability and record. And I agree with Rob Vick, and it's pretty much what Dave's saying. Uh, let's go, boys! And it's Morant's to lose. Plus, Zion's shot looks super flat. Uh, so do expect the threes falling like that all the time. Uh, you know, he doesn't expect the, the threes to be falling like that all the time. But I do agree that it's Morant's to lose. So really, unless Zion starts having stupid performances, and this team starts winning more games, mm-hmm. the Pelicans, if Zion has an effect on this team like this, I mean, you could even look at it, and they've, they've been closer in games because of Zion, right? He's yeah. been a, a plus in both games. Yep. That has helped. I just think that, again, you could look at, it's it's really comes down to the availability in the playoff thing. If, if, if you look at the effect, I think both guys so far have affected their teams positively. It's just how much is that affecting? And I think if you're looking at, the Memphis Grizzlies right now, John Morant is their best player. Zion Williamson might be their best player. I don't know. It's likely Ingram, though. Um, but if if you add, you know, Zion to that at, you know, the addition to this Pelicans team and they start winning more games, that's what's going to possibly elevate them in, in a playoff race. Final question, and this is what we we kept avoiding, Zion as the defender. What are you expecting this year? What have you seen? As a defender? Yeah. Because we kept talking about block numbers, steal numbers. What did you, have you seen anything that you know has been surprising? Or he's a great help par for the course. This is par for the course. Like we watched him earlier. The block he had in the game tonight was basically just him being a heads-up defender. He wasn't giving any uh, space to Jokic. He was able to body him completely up on the defensive end, and then he's got his eyes on a swivel. He's looking to help out teammates. If anyone drives, he can close gaps like very few people we've ever seen before. Great leaper. Great. Uh, ability to get his hand up and swat like he reads the ball and he reads um, players movement so if he sees cutters he's gonna go he's not Mitchell uh, Mitch Rob bad at just swatting anybody who jumps mm-hmm. but th- that's what I want to say like he he's a good defender he's a great help defender and he won't you know be pushed down on the block yeah so, I think the biggest thing that people were worried about at least what they saw in the Spurs game was 
him versus LaMarcus Aldridge and him in uh, pick and roll help. Mm-hmm. Um, he did seem a little bit slower on recovering and yeah. getting through pick and rolls and then also, you know, closing out and, you know, stopping dribble penetration. That was one thing that I think people did see was mm-hmm. that off pick and rolls, he wasn't that great of a defender, at least in that Spurs game. What I think I, I will say is let's give him a little bit more games to fully get yeah. his feet underneath him because I do think that at some point we will see that, you know, what we were talking about as him as, as a defender. He was the best defender in college basketball last year. He didn't lose that ability. He didn't lose his feet, foot speed. He didn't lose his athletic ability. And we saw a little bit of a spurt of that in in the game against uh, Denver today where he closed out from, you know, this was, Jokic was over here, he was guarding Jokic, and he sees Torrey Craig driving, and he pretty much just closes out on that ball and just swats it 10 feet, in, uh, 10, feet uh, row, 10 rows deep. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one thing, too, with, with at least... Uh, with, with with Zion was I didn't love his defensive capabilities at least against the Spurs but also I'm willing to chuck that up to the win because back. it's his first game yeah, yeah. so uh, that's our those are our thoughts on Zion Williamson uh, do you think he will win rookie of the year let us know down in the comments below uh, we got some great chat going on on in Twitch so again don't forget to join for sure us answer? I said no I said no I said no you said I'm guessing yes yeah yes. yeah He's so uh, I think people could probably parse that I don't think we were being too too <laughs> too critical I think uh, he can usually I think he can usually I we end will. with like okay what's the final answer yeah so no that's... will he no, I think we spent enough time on it, though. Mm-hmm. Is you think he yeah. will because you think he's going to shoot 40% for three. So. I just think it's amazing, go. so yeah. No one's saying he's not amazing. No, I know. But Don't like, be a YouTube commenter. No, you the... think he sucks. Zion doesn't no. suck. I've been watching him since he was born, and this guy has been a great basketball player since the day I've ever been ever, ever seen him. Like, come on. Do you want to talk? I would like to. I, I uh, already stopped, so. It's not a YouTube comment thing. It's I think he's going to ball out more in the 30-some games he's got to where it's like, wow, look at what he did in this. If he had a whole season, it would have been even better. Counter arguments to that, he didn't have a whole season. And then also you could look at last year. Luka Doncic had a better first half of the season, a much better first half mm-hmm. of the season than Trey Young did have in this, the second half of the season. Luka Doncic won that because if you're looking at these halves of the season, Luka had a better half. Trey had the better second half, but the the first half from Luca was better than Trey's second half. Also, Mavs won more games, Hawks lost more games, and if you're comparing the first half of Jaws season to Zion's, it is nothing to everything. And then I don't think Jaws going to fall off too much. And you know Zion's only got a half a season to work with, so at least the full equation, I think you got to give it to John Morant for the games that he will play. But let us know what you think down in the comments below, and let's move now into the Thunder. We're going to talk a little bit about Thunder, whether it be buyers or sellers. Interesting article from ESPN. They've been updating this consistently. What are the trade targets for the the, the 30 teams? And uh, they talk about um, at least, you know, Chris Paul being a guy that could be moved, but also they don't list him in the options that they are, are going to trade or, or the guys that they could be possibly looking to. Danilo is one of the guys that are, immediately comes up there. So, I want to talk a little bit about the Thunder and what moves they could be made because right now they're in the playoffs and and Chris Paul's been playing phenomenally. And you look at the contract though, contract's horrible, but we kept talking throughout Is the it season. Horrible? Well, if he's healthy right. and playing but that's it's not a bad deal. Been the biggest thing is he's not been healthy, and also with that, you are going to have to pay him forty-eight million dollars when he's thirty-six. So that part of it is pretty rough because right now he's earning thirty-eight million dollars, then forty-one, and then forty-four as a thirty-six-year-old. But do you think Chris Paul is going to opt out of a forty-four million dollars no, player option? No, I'm saying it could be potentially rough. It could be good. Oh, he's well, having a I, healthy year. Well, that's the thing. Is the what Woj was talking about was the whole idea of that him them trading for Chris Paul was that he might play himself into the trade market. Mm-hmm. Right now, you could say he has. Mm-hmm. So 
I just found it interesting that they didn't list Chris Paul, but they listed Neil Gallinari, et cetera, et cetera. So let's start off with the big fish, Chris Paul. Do you think Chris Paul will be traded by the Oklahoma City Thunder this year? No, I don't. I think that he has had a great influence on this team, and the fact that they're 27-19 and 19 this season is a shock to a lot of people who want to write them off as, this team's just going to gut the entire roster, play kids. Chris Paul's going to be a grumpy old man on that team. He's going to get hurt again. And whatever, like it's a completely different narrative that I don't think a lot of people expected to see coming. He's been great out there. Him being a true point god out there next to Shea Gilgis Alexander has been massive for Shea's growth. He's been a different player this year. He's been taking over games, taking over the scoring load, not worried about moving the ball as much. He's been counted on as a score. It's interesting. It's a different look. And I think the balance of the team's been really nice as well. They, while they do have these young pieces, they've got guys they can count on when time comes. Chris Paul, fourth quarter, has been excellent. Danilo Gallinari has been shooting as amazingly as has been his entire career. And when he's out there, he's great. And I, I just think that this team is counting on Chris Paul for a lot. I wouldn't move on from him unless I got a fantastic deal on it. I think that, honestly... Like, what, mm-hmm. what is there to be concerned about? Again, is Oklahoma State Thunder going to be pulling in the next big free agent? Like, yeah. I'm not, you're a, small team mar- you're a small market team. And I think that they have so many draft picks, so much capital in the future, that yes, the, trades are, they, they have potential trades everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Chris Paul's not the guy I'm looking to move first. The biggest thing that I think is right now what they're trying to at least navigate is the fact that they need to get $2 million off the books because then they'll be under the tax cap, right. which right now where this team is, I don't think they want to be paying the tax. So that's why right now yeah, they, no they throw it. in Mike Muscala in there. He's making $2 million. He's a guy that could possibly get traded. Uh, Andre Roberson hasn't played for them, but he's a $10 million expiring contract that mm-hmm. could get moved. Danilo Gallinari, obviously, if you move $22 million, that's going to get you under the cap. But the, the Chris Paul thing is this team seemed to have such of an idea to rebuild Ricky, and Chris mm-hmm. Paul has played well above anybody's expectations. He's been killing it right now. They're twenty-seven and nineteen, and they're pretty much solidified in that seventh spot. There's, you know, they're there's a gap uh, nine and a half games back of Los Angeles, and Memphis is fifteen in eighth place. They're fifteen games back uh, from mm-hmm. from Los Angeles. They're, they're five and a half games up from the eighth seed, and then they're you know a whole six games ahead of uh, the Spurs, who are ninth. So it seems like their playoff spot is fairly locked in. If you're the Thunder, you had the plan going into this year that you you might want to trade Chris Paul. Although he's played over expectations, are you with Dave that you wouldn't trade Chris Paul? I He's not the one I move right now. I would agree with Dave. The two that I'm thinking about are Danilo, obviously, because teams have inquired about him. The big one have been the 76ers, although I don't know how to how a deal gets done in that case because mm-hmm. um, I just I he's just, an expiring deal well, you're gonna likely lose him as well so well, that gives no, you more saying, motivation to I don't know him. how a deal gets done because Danilo's at 22 million and unless the 76ers are gonna give up like mm-hmm. uh, Josh Richardson on top of like Mike Scott and Zaire Smith getting the contract to work out unless you add in but a third team is going to be tricky. Trading Danilo in yeah, general, is, it seems like a smart mm-hmm. move because he's going to be excited. And then expiring. Steven Adams could be the other one they move. Like that's they're like pseudo buy like pseudo sellers to me where they're going to sell some, but they're not going to sell everything. And the key thing is that playoff thing you mentioned because if they get to a point where they're like, well we can trade these guys and still make the playoffs, that could be a win-win because they get assets from the trade Plus, they get their young team with Chris Paul, 
experience in the playoffs and they make the playoffs and that gets them more revenue with um, playoff tickets. But those are the only two I see moving are either Gallinari and Adams. But from everything I'm reading is Adams, they're asking way too much. And because he's got two years, not one, mm-hmm. teams don't want to take on that $25 million for two years. It's 27 next year. Be locked up. Yeah, and yeah. 27 next year be stuck with that basically for two years instead of just one and done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the center position, you do have a question because I think Nerlens Noel has played his way back to money again this mm-hmm. season. He's He's been doing excellently in the last three games. Uh, prior to tonight, it was, you know, uh, 10-6 and three blocks, 15 points, uh, five boards, a couple assists, a couple steals, two blocks. Like It's just going to the line more. He's shooting 80%. Game over game, you're seeing consistency on Nerlens Noel, which... Uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, yeah. he was basically told sit sit there, eat hot dogs on the Mavs because they didn't want him on the team and he didn't want to play there after turning off a, a big deal, which is just uh, the, the, this this kid's career is such an enigma and an interesting thing to look at because how it all started with the 76ers in the process and him turning down a, a long term deal because he thought it was worth more money than that. His agent was an idiot. And now it looks like he's back, playing his way back to money again, and I wonder if he's a guy that they could look to trade, mm-hmm. or if he's the guy they want to keep around, pay, and move on from Stephen Adams. Yeah, I mean, you could just look even it's in the last 10 games, uh, 72% from the field. Uh, he even has hit a couple threes as well. Uh, 77% from the line, which would be a career high. Six boards where you're losing that on uh, Adams. You're, you know, you're not getting that great of a rebounder, but also he's playing less minutes. So, you know, 19, 20, pretty much 20 minutes, grabbing six boards. You give him a couple mm-hmm. more, he's probably going to get up to where Adams is at nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's also defensively, you know, giving you two blocks and 1.3 steals. He's yeah. been he's been a monster there, and that's where he's, you know, he's always been a monster. So that's where I do, you know, the, 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 the Nerlens thing. Uh, you know him being expiring. That's going to be the the biggest question mm-hmm. mark, uh, and it's a great point because you know he's going to cost a lot. Then at least for teams you trying to so. trade him because he's a guy that's been impactful and he's super cheap. And yep. that's one thing that we haven't been able to find. You know, Rick, you're talking about teams mm-hmm. that want to take out Adams because it's a high ask, asking price, but then also you know he's owed twenty six million dollars AAV uh, over the next two years. No one wants to take on that much money. It's also hard to match contracts with all these teams that are good, like the 76ers with Danilo Gallinari. King e bring, or, uh, Demon Kings bring, brings mm-hmm. up a great point. You'd likely have to trade Horford, which I don't think is yeah. in the cards for them. Also, why would the Thunder want uh, Al Horford You know, if you want to get rid of Steven I, Adams? It doesn't make any sense. I actually so, have an Adams deal that I came up with. Cause uh, we'll, we'll, look, let's hold off. Let's okay. talk a little bit more. We'll, we'll get to deals a little all bit right. later. Um, but at least with 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 that, like I, it is interesting which how many routes they can go. Mm-hmm. Um the Chris Paul answer, though. I didn't yeah. get a Chris Paul answer from you. Yeah, I said I wouldn't. You wouldn't trade him. Yeah, I said okay. I wouldn't like what this, this season, yeah. I would keep him on the Thunder. Mm-hmm. I like what he's doing. I like his leadership. And he's been a professional about this, which mm-hmm. I wasn't sure was going to happen because of the drama we saw happen with James Harden last season. Mm-hmm. I was 50-50. I was like, is this guy going to come in and ruin the environment and like pout his way to another trade to another team? Or is he going to you know, be a professional, come in, play basketball, be a good mentor for these young kids because, I mean, the rosters, like, outside of, you know, the couple of names we dropped is a bunch of kids out of college. Like, it's so young, and I think that he's been a great role model and a great mentor for a lot of them. So I'm happy with him. I'm happy with him at his cost. Uh, You don't have any other options, so what am I worried about? But next season, off season this year, sure, we we can absolutely talk, but... Uh, no, you got two weeks. I would keep him for the mm-hmm. rest of the season. He's he's secured them a playoff berth almost. 
Let's let's do it up. I I just think with everything that's out there, with the way he's played, yes, they are currently in the you know in the uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it's what a five game, six game over the eighth seed. How many games was that? I could I can't remember. Uh, yeah, he's, they got a six game cushion over the ninth seed. Okay. Um, so I I just think that. Not the not the craziest thing to happen from trade deadline on. I, I just think that you know, it's not too important for them to, to to make the playoffs because again they made all those moves to get rid of Paul George. Uh, they they got rid of Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's that important for them to make the playoffs. I don't think it would hurt them. But I think the whole idea is let's you know make sure that we capitalize and kill this future. And right now his his. Price is never going to be higher. What you what you're going to get for him because he's so cheap at 30, 38 compared to forty one or forty four, um, and then also he's playing well, which is going to drive up his. He's playing the best he's ever played, so it's going to draw up interest from teams. Oh, that's the best ever, but the best the best he's played in a while, and, and yeah. he's also been healthy. That's the and, most and, important, and that's thing. the thing that I think is going to really intrigue teams. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's fairly wide open. I think like a team could absolutely look at Chris Paul and be like, this could put us over the edge. One team could go after him. It's absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know. You, I know. It's who it the is. Miami Heat. Bingo. They 100%, if they struggle in the next week, they just lost to the Clippers tonight. It was mm-hmm. a close game. And here's the crazy thing about the Heat. They still don't have Justice Winslow back. He's been struggling with injuries this for the majority of this season, unfortunately. And I, I fucking love Justice Winslow as a player. But like, if they get to that point where they're like, look, we can make a move. And I know they've got so many young, talented players. They've got a couple older guys, Kelly Olenek, James Johnson, on larger contracts. They have the flexibility to go after Chris Paul, pair him with Jimmy Butler. It's an insane backcourt. Absolutely insane. But will they have to pull the trigger on it, or will they roll it slow, let Justice Winslow recover, come back healthy, and see how this incredibly deep team can go in the playoffs and not worry about it this year? I'm pulling a, I'm pulling a Ricky Wimmer. Mm-hmm. I got a trade. You got a trade. You got a trade, Ricky? Do you have a trade? For Chris Paul? Yeah. No. To the Heat? Okay, I, I got, got a trade. I got Danilo and Steven Adams, one okay. for each. Okay, well, I got... Chris I got, Paul, I'll work on. I got a, I got a Chris Paul trade, and <laughs> okay. they're about to be stupid loaded with picks. Like, just stupidly loaded with picks. Like, I'm not even joking well, I mean, here. that's the thing. The uh, Heat don't have any. Mm-hmm. That's not true. They have OKC's first-round pick. They have uh, this year. They, yeah. have their, they have the Heat's 2021. The Heat also have their 2022. They have their 2024 from OKC. And they have their twenty twenty. Oh no, no. Wait. So I'm sorry. Uh, it changed because I clicked. It, I clicked it to send it to the the the. the okay, see. Yeah. They have their first round 2020, 2021, 2022, 2024, 2025, and 2026. So they only missed out on 2023. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of the the Heat pick. I think it was the Suns pick. Oh, okay. I don't know because the Heat. The whole thing was the 2021 Heat pick, right? right. Remember that whole yep. like that was that was a drama. Yeah, so I don't I don't know it's worthless almost. where that came out from, but yeah, the Heat still have it he according to, to to TradeNBA.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I don't know what you think about this, but Goran Dragic, James Johnson, Dion Waiters for the twenty twenty two and the twenty twenty five. No, the twenty wait wait, wait where's Chris, tw- uh, Chris Paul? Sorry, Chris Paul's going to the Heat. <laughs> so Chris <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul for Goran Dragic, James Johnson, Dion Waiters, and then the 2024 and the 2026. I mean, if I'm a Thunder fan, I would be okay with that, I guess. If you're a Heat fan, what do you not like? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is, you know, by 2024, 2026, you as a Thunder fan, you're like, well, that team's going to be shit. Mm-hmm. And as a Heat fan, you're like, 
we got the guy to pair and we didn't have to go up that much. Mm-hmm. Like, Dion Waiters, never never going to play basketball. That's fine. He's uh, playing. Never going to play basketball. He just hit a three today. I, I don't care. He had a, two clutch blocks, apparently, to the to headline. I hit a big three. The, the kid, Dion like, Waiters led the news for the Heat t- t- today in their voice uniforms. I'm sorry. He 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 got he got high. Like the whole, he's not a professional. He he's a child. He has the maturity level of like a 15 year old. He's never gonna grow up. He thinks he's better than he is. Like I'm sorry. I just I can't take him seriously. Sure, whatever. He, he's already had one run. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, Goran Dragic. Yeah, he's great. He, he's he's a good bench point guard. Uh, he's he deserves to be a starter again. I have no problem with that. But it's the picks. I mean, that's what was the third piece. It was. Uh, Waiters, James Johnson. James Johnson. And so they're not giving up anything besides the pick. I would. F- I feel like they're going to have to throw in like either Kendrick Nunn. I think Nunn moves the needle. I think that's where it gets done. If you're the Thunder, though, why are you saying no? You're getting picks. Like, isn't that what you wanted? Right now you have 24 picks. It's the balance, man. Like, it's if- the balance. I need, I need to have guys who can keep the ship floating, who are good people to have on the team. Not Cancer Stilakram, a.k.a. not Deion Waiters. And then I need guys... And I need those future picks. That's why I think Kendrick Nunn, I know he's played very well his rookie year in the NBA, and I think that that's what they would ask for. I think Goran Dragic is the contract's free. Look, this money's no longer over our heads, but I think Nunn is the guy who has to move the needle. If they acquired just those two picks, yep. they would have Denver's 2021. Well, these are all first-rounders. They'd have Denver's, Denver's 2021. Mm-hmm. They would have their own 2021. They would have their 2021 of Miami's via Miami or Houston swap with Oklahoma. It's a, 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 it's a ridiculous shit ton of garbage. Um, but yeah, they would have... Give me give me a count on first rounders one, for the next couple of years. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And then if you add two from that, they'd have 17 first round picks from uh, up to 2026. So in the so next crazy. six years, or seven drafts, in the next seven drafts, they would have 17 first-round picks. That's insane. Why would you say no? What is Chris Paul like? What is Chris Paul adding to the long-term health of this this team? I would absolutely trade him. He's helping Shea right mm-hmm. now, but also Shea's been Shea's a good basketball player at this point. Yeah, Shea's not going to become bad at some point. No, no. So. I think trade Chris Paul at his highest value. Do you think get picks? Do you think next year becomes the if he, the year then? If he doesn't get hurt this mm-hmm. throughout the end of the season, this offseason, you're playing everybody's got let though. I know it's that's a, that I will agree to that. But everybody will be able to move things during the offseason. Money money becomes more flexible. Contracts are over. I, that that's my play. The question I'm seeing, and this is a team that I'm seeing a couple articles being written more recently about. Ooh. Should the Bucks make a run at Chris Paul? Thank you, because uh, I was actually gonna. Because mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna go to the the Danilo trades. No, I Funny. worked out a Buck deal. Okay, well, cool. Uh, that's good because I want to give a shout out mm-hmm. to uh, the Twitch chat. Uh, Diamond pretty much said that Bucks should trade for Paul, uh, and he said it gives him uh, Giannis another guy to rely mm-hmm. uh, on to handle the ball. And then Demon King also said Bledsoe is fine for the regular season, but he's a career choke artist in the playoffs. <laughs> if Terry Rozier becomes your dad, you're a bum. So I'm glad you yeah. came up with the so, Buck deal. Also, Kingy said CP. Three for Connolly. Uh, Jazz should f- should push for this, but let's focus in on the Bucks. The deal would have to be Bledsoe, George Hill, and Urson to make the contract work. And then mm. I don't know why Trade NBA does this. It should work out um, because the first round pick that 
Milwaukee has this year is Indy's pick. They should be able to trade the 2020 and 2021 picks because one is the Buck pick and one is the Pacer pick. But even if, let's say, they have to swap a pick because of that Stephian rule, basically two two firsts, two firsts, and then Bledsoe, who's locked down for four years, George, who's got three, and then Urson, who's got two years. Is there any any other contract they can move than George Hill because George Hill is literally their, like their second best player this year. Yeah, he shoots like a flame. Or so, third best player. So George, George Hill's at 9.1 million. Yeah. Whether you're, unless you're going to go up and play trade Brooke Lopez, which they're not going to do. And then the next lowest one after Urson is Rolo at 4.7. So it's like with contracts, I wouldn't do it. George Hill and Ursan Ilyasova are great shooters. Mm-hmm. And I know great shooters during the regular season can't be counted on during the playoffs. It's a different game. Teams scheme. Teams play differently. The defense is different. But at the same time, does Chris Paul versus Eric Bledsoe need to move much when you add in those two great shooters into it? I don't think so. I think I would I think I would stay pat. But the thing I will throw out, and yes, I know the answer is probably no to this, but Yes, in I a, know it's a no. In a playoff situation, could you say, hey, you know what? Although we're not going to give him big minutes in a playoff, we can maybe lean on him in situations in the playoffs where we need shooting. They do have Kyle Korver. Chris Paul's a serial choke artist in the playoffs. Chris Paul's never won anything. Why are we suddenly saying that he's going to be better? He's been missing because of injury, mm. or he has not been able to get his team over the hump. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the story arc of Chris Paul. Yeah. I don't understand why people are now saying he's going to put them over the top. If this team's going to get put over the top, it's because Giannis goes fucking Super Saiyan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happens. You have outside shooting, and they can knock down shots with Ersan Ilyasova, George Hill, Chris Middleton, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Korver. Mm-hmm. Guys like that are what is going to help them win the, the title. Mm-hmm. Not someone... Chris Paul over Eric Bledsoe, yes, he's a better player. But Chris Paul over Eric Bledsoe, Ursan Ilyasova, George Hill, as a contribution as a whole, yeah, that's where I think that I draw the Here, line. Here's the other deal if you don't want to include George Hill, you want to keep the, <laughs> the bench point guard. Uh, Chris Paul and Deontay Burton uh, go to the Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, Ursan, Robin Lopez, DJ Wilson, and Dragon Banda. Yes. Dragon Banda! I would, I would, I would be much and more favorable to pull that to field. the choke artist playoff. Chris Paul, he hasn't been healthy, but when he's played, he's been great. Twenty-one points per game, two point three turnovers, to seven assists, two two steals, five boards, thirty-five percent from three, forty-seven from the field, eighty-eight from the line. So I mean, he's he's. He's still fucking great. Can't win the big one. How he many, can't, how many, he uh, can't, but if you have Clippers, Giannis, it's much easier remember, to win the big one. Do you remember how many times the Clippers went to the playoffs and then didn't make it past? I know there were good teams mm-hmm. they were playing against. I'm just saying, like, that's... I don't want the narrative to change of Chris Paul because the last thing I remember from Chris Paul in the playoffs is him not being there let because me, James Harden needed yeah. help and he wasn't there let because me, he was hurt. Let me ask you this, though. Obviously, if... If Chris Paul's healthy yes. in 2017, 2018, they go to the finals. Yes. 100%. Okay. They were the so, best team so, in the NBA that year. So he he could have he could have pushed him over the edge. Yes. Also, is Giannis the best player he's ever played with? If he if he tr- gets traded to the Bucks. No. I disagree James with Harden. that. I disagree with that. He's a better player. I I I think that Giannis in that system with Chris Paul, that's the best player he's ever played with. Giannis is stupid efficient. You have that two-man game of Giannis, and you could run a Giannis-Chris Paul pick-and-roll. 
That's a lose lose. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. How's that a lose lose? No, for the other oh, team. Oh, for the other team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, it, whichever way you bite, you lose. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Uh, and then also, Chris Paul, at least uh, past five years, uh, offensive rating uh, in the playoffs 119, defensive rating 106. So, right, how many games played? Uh, I clicked off, but Missing. good. He played. He played. He, he's played five straight years in the playoffs. So I, I get he's that. at least I, able to get again. That. It, it's yeah. just he. Yes, he can't win you anything, but mm-hmm. he also in this situation wouldn't be the guy to put you over the top. But he's got to be there. He's got to play. So you're if saying he's healthy? Would they be better? Yeah, but you are you going to put your money on that? It's tough. So you're no to trading. Chris I know Paul. Chris Paul during the season. I'm yes, Chris Paul off season. Okay, no, but no to Chris Paul this year. Correct. Ricky, no to Chris Paul trading this year. Or have, have his mind been swayed? Unless there's an offer I couldn't refuse, then I would lean 90% no. So you're saying you would, as I'm a Thunder, you would not? First yes. Round pick. Okay. yes, unless there's an offer I couldn't refuse, I, anything's Godfather possible, style. but I would lean towards so no. So I, if, if, if there's a reason that yep. a Chris Paul trade doesn't go down, it's because of Dave's reasoning of it makes a, like we're losing too much, mm-hmm. as in the Bucks. So... I wouldn't trade it if I'm trading for Chris Paul as the Thunder. I am moving Chris Paul. That's just my yeah. take. You have trades, I just though. don't think anyone's going to do anything. And mm-hmm. the only other— Yeah, you have, you have Thunder trades, though. Yeah, so. but the last Chris Paul one I want to yeah, throw, throw out, out because this is an article from SirCharlesInCharge.com, mm-hmm. and they throw out a team that's interesting. I don't think it happens, but they throw out the Denver Nuggets as another team because um, they mention how Gary Harris and um, Jamal Murray are split in time. And they feel like the example they say is a prime example of this was found midway through the second quarter of the game at home against the Charlotte when Jokic dribbled the ball to the left wing to initiate a handoff to Gary Harris. In the process of completing the dribble handoff, Gary's defender, Miles Bridges, bumped into Jokic, giving Harris an uncontested three, which he converted. And they're talking about like how Harris and Murray are split in time where Chris mm-hmm. Paul would give them a different option. I just don't think a trade like that works because you'll have to give up Gary Harris and Mason Plumley and first to make it go. But we've talked about Nuggets deals in the past. And like David mentioned, you don't want to give up Mason Plumley, even though he's a one-year contract Does Malik guy. Beasley's you, contract uh, yeah, not instead? Enough, Can not you give up money? Uh, Malik Beasley and Paul Monte Millsap. Morris? So if I take out Mason Plumley. Um, Malik, Beasley, Malik Beasley is only 2.7 mil, so mm-hmm. that makes the grand total at 20.5 incoming, I, 38.5 co- I got you. I, I don't know if I love the the Nugget thing, uh, but Chris Paul would make that team better. That's mm-hmm. the thing is like, I, so I, 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 I don't love that Nugget deal. Give me your Gallinari yeah. deal, and let's get get to the other yeah. Thunder pieces, and then I'll yeah. give you a Nugget deal because so, I think I can make one work. The, the one Steven Adams one that I tried and didn't work, yep. the Boston Celtics, Ooh. they just don't have the contracts. You're not going to trade Gordon Hayward for um, Steven Adams. The one I do have is the Sacramento Kings because they're a team that's interested in him. Basically, the Kings have two pieces that one wants out, one is not coming back. He already yeah. said, the player op, not taking it. I'm going to be a free agent. What if the King said, we'll give you Dwayne Dedman and Bogdan for Steven Adams and we'll get a second? Like, I put a second because I didn't know if a first would be too much, but give us Steven Adams and a pick. We'll give you Dedman and Bogdan. I almost think that the, the pick Thunder is on get- the other side. So the pick is going to the Thunder? I almost think so. I don't know. The, Can value you read it wise, off again? 
so Deadman Bogdan, Bogdan for, for Adams and a pick. Deadman Bogdan for second. How does first, it help either team? Want. Well, because the Kings have interest. It's all because the Kings apparently have interest in Adams. And with after the Thunder, a decade of drafting centers, they and with the Thunder, center. you still get you're basically swapping center for center. Deadman isn't a bad player; he just wants out of Sacramento because he hates the coach. And Bogdan's not a bad player either, and he wants out of Sacramento. So know. it could help the Thunder, and it could well help the Kings. He could the run Thunder, Bogdan at the two. Dead, Deadman though, Deadman's signed long term. Bogdan's done at the end of the year. Yep. Mm-hmm. But if if the Thunder think, hey. We can make Bogdan want to sign with us because of the team we have here and the coach we have here and the culture we be have interesting. here. interesting. I'm not opposed to it, but I think the I don't love it. Kings would have to give up a pick, mm-hmm. yeah, because of the extra year on Stephen Adams' contract and mm-hmm. the years uh, Deadman's. Yeah, you're taking I on a worse player. You're taking on a worse player, but I still think that Deadman is not a net negative at that cost. He's 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 worth the value. He's there. He's not a great value, but he's worth the value there's, of his contract. But there's you're helping out the Kings by by doing yes, that. Yes, it's, getting... it's a plus for the Kings. I agree. So yeah. that's yep. why a first should maybe Has go, to go from back. the Kings mm-hmm. to the Thunder. Yes. The yep. other the other one too is like I didn't know how to fucking make the pick work, um, but this would be more of like more of we're getting one young player who will he pan out? Probably not. Um, we're also getting a dump of someone who's done at the end of the year, and we're getting somebody who can maybe help the team in a role situation. Yep. Um, it's the Mavericks yep. getting Danilo Gallinari on top of the trade they already did, and they would give up Courtney Lee, Boban, and then Isaiah Roby, who they just traded for earlier today in mm-hmm. a roster spot move um, to bring him in, and then whatever pick you want to put in. Put it in because I couldn't figure out whether it should be a second or a first. But Courtney Lee, Boban, and Isaiah Roby for Danilo to the Mavericks. Unless it's like, well, that doesn't help the Thunder at all. Can't move on from Boban. Well, you got to send them to Philly. Is that the biggest need for Dallas? I mean, they're apparently Dallas trying to get a shooter. I mean, they're. They're the highest I know. team in they have Steph- NBA history offensive rating. They have Steph. Steph. S- they have Seth well, Curry. Mm-hmm. One, one's he playing, should. one's not, so yeah. we could just call him Steph. I mean, he's Curry also shooting really well. Yeah. Uh, who I called it this year. I'm just saying. He, you know, I, I called that shit. Called so it tough to call that a good shooting guard. That's been. He's coming a off good of a shooting. major injury. Okay, but and he had yeah. I'm just shooting, saying. shooting. You don't lose it. You don't lose. It was, a, it was a low key great signing. Low key great signing. It was good. Um, you have him. You have Hardaway Jr. You have, I, I guess Danilo's not going to hurt a team. Put it <laughs> that way. Uh, he yeah. stretched out their team better. I, I'm not opposed to it. It's just you, you picked up Willie Colley Stein. Can you move on from Boban? I know he only eats you know ten to fifteen minutes a night uh, at the very most, but. He is effective in those minutes, but he's also situational. He can't he can't be in against certain people. He gets abused. Mm-hmm. So, Danilo, great shooter, euro for euro, mm-hmm. no problem there. <laughs> if you're gonna lose a euro, you gotta keep a euro. I agree, uh, Ricky. Yeah. You got any more? 
I'm working on a 76 or one. Give okay. me two seconds. I, the 76ers one, I'm going to kill. Horford. Everything that we've heard from from Jake, they need a secondary ball handler. Mm-hmm. And to make a Danilo trade work, they need to trade Al Horford. So I, I don't think that's going to be a deal I'm going to do without Al Horford. Okay. You well, can't. I, I, I really don't think that's a need that they need on their team. So I think you're just wasting time. Let's let's wrap this up, and I'm going to wrap it up with the, the trade to end all trades. And, and I think this is going to be the best trade that's ever been, ever been muttered on the fast break. Sir, you're not wearing tinfoil. You're not allowed no. to say that. This is not this is not only tinfoil, but this is the greatest trade that's ever been said on a podcast. All right, Ricky? So you're not even going to be able to. You're just, it's just mm-hmm. a waste of your time. Because um, if you come in, this is going to be like, oh, that's where we end it. You know? Mm-hmm. So this is the greatest trade to trade. You, you brought up the Nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. Let's play a little bit with that. The Thunder, right? Chris Paul and the Nuggets. A little bit weird, right? Let's mm-hmm. get, a, get a familiar face here. All right? Let's get a little familiar face. Danilo Gallardano used to be a Nugget. Who was he yeah. traded for? Quiz time. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Mello. Carmelo Anthony. Boom. So we're going to send Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari back to the Nuggets, right? The you, get a, you get a stretch four, you get a shooter, you get some space, you get you get a good point guard. Thunder get Paul Millsap, uh-huh. Gary Harris, uh-huh. Malik Beasley, uh-huh. and three firsts. Wow. Who says no? I'm genuinely Who impressed, says no? Sean. Who says no? Who says no? I Read got... it off one more time. No. No. Chris, no, I didn't hear it all. Christopher no, I'm Paul. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in Chris, I, I heard Paul. that. I heard the it's the other part. Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, so Chris Paul, Danilo. The other side. I didn't Thunder. Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. Gary Harris. Malik Beasley. And three first rounders. I thought about Millsap, but I didn't know if they'd move on from Millsap. Uh, like Porter Jr. So the I'm not a Thunder expert like or not a Thunder. I'm not the, a Nugget expert like you. I didn't know how much he really the, contributes. Compared to that yeah, one year he, just being a dunk. He does contribute to this team, absolutely. But you're getting fucked um, Chris Paul. The biggest thing that hurts this deal, the Thunder that will be hurt, is uh, interior defense. Mm-hmm. Because he is their best interior defender. Mm-hmm. So Jokic is, you know, uh, he's a fine defender. I don't think he's a bad defender. I know people think he's a bad defender because he's slow. He, he puts himself in good spots, but he is yeah. not a good interior and post defender. Paul Millsap is their best big defender. Not close. Jeremy Grant's a very good defender, who they traded a first-round pick to the Thunder. So that's why I had to put 2022, 2024, and 2026 in. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Paul Millsap is—if you're comparing Gallinari and Millsap, I would I would put Gallinari at the four. Mm-hmm. I would have Chris Paul, uh, Jamal Murray, Will Throw Barton, uh, Danilo Gallinari, and— uh, uh, or yep. you could put Tory Craig in at Will Barton's yeah. spot and have Will Barton be your sixth man. Uh, Gallinari at your four, and then uh, Jokic at your five. That would be my starting lineup. But, yeah, I, the biggest part that I, maybe they don't get rid of Paul Millsap would be the defense. But if you're getting Chris Paul, mm. I think it's worth it. Yeah. So no, And you're not be. losing the offense that Paul Millsap brings, and you're getting a better shooter in Daniel Gallinari. And Gallinari works in that offense with, with his athletic ability. Do you think they'd be, be able great to compete with the Lakers or the Clippers with Chris Paul? Yes. I think so. I, 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 I'm I in awe, Sean. Or, that would, was... or would Chris Paul just choke in the playoffs? No, I'm actually in awe. That was okay. That was genius. Thank you. As long as they can keep Bobo. As long yeah. as they can keep Bobo. Yeah, well, they'll keep Bobo and they'll keep uh, mm-hmm. they'll keep the greatest player in NBA history. Oh, sorry, we're not allowed to say that. We'll keep the uh, the one of the one of the top five players to see be in the where, where NBA. Where is MPJ in the rookie in of the year voting? He's not close. Come on. Not a rookie. He, he is, is a rookie. No, a rookie. Not a rookie. Technically. <laughs> 
Nice job. Not funny. Missed. Nice Not job. funny. I get it. He, he, he was drafted a year ago. Sean, he, he never it. played. He, he absolutely killed it. Thank that you. That was a hey, stunning man. trade. Thank Matt, you of the year. Thank you very much. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, the, and I'm going to kick Ricky out the, now. because You're on one side of one argument and on the other on the other. The Al Horford no trade is No, we said we're not going to do it. No, I wanted to fucking say it. The show In order to... Make it work without Al Horford. The Sixers would have to give up Josh Richardson, nope. no. the beehive of Mike Scott, uh, Zaire Smith, and then like a one one of the one and a half million dollar contracts. I just put Shake Milton in, um, but like either him, Nato, uh, Furkan, like any of those. Furkan, one, Steph Curry, you can't do that. one of those like one point uh, four, one point right six million. Kylo Quinn, Trey Burke. Ricky. They're not giving uh, up Josh Bowman, Richardson for a you shooting want. four well, and Danilo Gallinari. It's the rumors with everything saying that the Sixers are highly interested in Danilo. If they're interested. Al Horford's the odd man out. As sad as it is because they just signed him to a long-term deal and they need someone who can back up ben, or, um, Joel Embiid. It doesn't Demon matter. King. Fuck for a con. No. Uh, did you say, what, did you, what was that? Demon King. F for a con. Oh, bomb. bomb. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Richardson's leaving. Uh, and and just to wrap it up, uh, some stuff. Uh, King E said that wasn't a bad trade. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, Demon King also said, "Wow, Sean, I thought that was about to be a joke, but he came out with a really good trade." Um, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, the defense on their team would be atrocious though, because they have Jamal Murray at, uh, at shooting guard is such a liability. True, um, but also then like you could just have Chris Paul guard the better. Guard, like I, I think you could figure out because you're getting a great defensive guard in Chris Paul, and you're getting an upgrade over Gary Harris defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now they're still one of the best teams defensively. The biggest place that team struggled so far this year is offense. Their defense has been really dynamic, yeah. uh, and maybe that is really affected when you trade Paul Mills at. But then you're still going to affect the offense. I think at some point you're going to need to create that when you're going up against the Lakers because if you have a you know LeBron James on one end, mm-hmm. you're going to need to answer at some point. Yeah. And having Jokic. CP3, Jamal Murray, and Danilo Gallinari. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be enough offensive, offensive uh, power for them. But yeah, right now they have 109 points per game, and that's one of the worst, at least in the Western Conference. It's third worst in the Western Conference. Uh, so I think they do need to, you know, if they were going to add anywhere, I think they would need to add uh, some offensive firepower. But that's going to do it for the Thunder segment. Uh, that felt very long. Uh, but let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. Uh, what do you think about the Thunder? Where do you think they should go? you think they're going to be buyers or sellers? Uh, it sounds like we're thinking buyers, at least getting rid of Danilo Gallinari and Steven Adams possibly. They're, in some sellers. they're selling. Yeah, that's what I said. You said no, buyers. I said buyers. They're going to be sellers because they're getting rid of Danilo Gallinari and, and Steven Adams. Uh, I don't think they're going to be buying. So uh, l- let us know uh, what you think down in the comments below. But there's also Mike Muscala and Andre Roberson uh, rumors as well, just so they can get under the text. Letter. But again, let us know down in the comments below. Let's move now into Wet Boys. We talk about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. Our guy Malik Monk holding down the 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 name, the title, the title. Fifteen points, eighteen minutes. That's Malik Monk for you right there. They lost. Um, to the Bucks today um, in Paris also. But uh, let's get into Wet Boys. This is where we talk about the guys that absolutely went off in the past week. Guys that, you know, were stupid good uh, over the past week, had historic performances. Mm-hmm. Or, Ricky, in your case, they had a great debut. Yeah, they okay. did. They into um, but before I, get, no, before I get into my Wet Boy, oh, God. I'm doing a Dave thing. I, I've got some, two honorable mentions that I want to throw out there. I get my Wet Boy um, first. 
I'm giving the honorable mentions first because really you got to lead up to the, You're the big prize. You're taking away the thunder. Ricky's um, wet boys done. No, because Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard had a good week this week. Derrick Rose had a big one. Damian Lillard more so with the 40-point game he had, the 61-point game he had. Yeah, the Blazers went 1-3 and three this yeah, week. That's why I didn't but get it. whatever. He did really well and probably should have. Would have got my wet boy. If Zion Williamson didn't play. And Zion, I think this is the first time in a wet boy graphic we have had a triple digit percentage for three pointers. For three pointers? For three pointers, Mm. we've never had 100% from beyond the arc. I don't know, but. Which Zion was. And yeah, I know it's only one game, but he played really fucking good. He had a great debut. And of course, I'm happy that I get to give Zion his first one. At point. some point, I absolutely put like someone going one for one from three in yeah. their in their thing. No, so I don't like, think it's gonna be the first like, triple double. More than one shot. Like, okay, he if had four for four. If, like we've if, never put a hundred percent from three point on a wet boy. If, if we're doing some some qualifying offers or you know some qualifying things, then yes, maybe Zion is the first ever to have uh, you know a hundred percent from from most of that. Uh, Dave, who's your wet boy of the week? The disrespect is real, people. The the defensive player of the year, uh, as I foretold, is now putting it together on the offensive end as well. Rudy Gobert is a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get the memo, here here it is. The Jazz are 18-2 in the last 20. They're fucking killing it. And that was mm-hmm. a stretch without Mike Conley, which I know some people thought was a positive. And then Mike Conley came we, back. We did the topic. And then Mike Conley came back and was good. And they're like, oh, well, shit. It's almost like we said the Utah Jazz have one of the best starting lineups in the NBA before the season started. And people are fucking memeing us to death. And I'm like, well, I'm just saying on paper, it looks like a really good team. And Rudy Gobert just went fucking God mode this week. Like, mm. he has been a monster. Um, you know, they, they do this thing called winning games. Uh, maybe Ricky's Wet Boy should hear about that sometime where wins count. Uh, but, yeah, that's my guy this week, uh, Rudy Gobert. Utah Jazz showing them love. Uh, they've been one of the best teams in basketball, literally. Period. Yeah, it's it's been great to see. And also, the, the weird thing too is like, I, it's great to see because a we just get a bump from it because we're geniuses and put the the Jazz as the number one team uh, this year. Uh, although none of us believed it, um, but Correct. we're still gonna take a, a victory. Oh, you have that. to. You have um, to. We have to. And then also, um, the uh, the Rudy Gobert thing. It's it's just so interesting because. A, he had a triple-double with screen assist, which I thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the world when David Locke or whatever said, you saw the two? tweeted out. Yeah, of course okay. I saw it. Um, but the, the thing, too, is just like he's – he is is he the best version you could see of a player that is like a, a regular season monster and just shit in the playoffs? And it's so weird because defense is supposed to be there in the playoffs and he's the best defender, yet he sucks. I don't, I don't have an answer yet. TBD? <laughs> Well, we'll see this. Uh, we'll see this postseason. Yeah. We'll see this postseason. And at least going to guys that apparently are choke artists in the playoffs. My wet boy of the week, Chris Paul. Finally, he deserves it. I mean, this guy's been playing phenomenally. We talked about it just in the last segment. Uh, he's been playing stupid well. We haven't given a, a, a wet boy, but yeah. they won every he's game they played. He's been fantastic. They're a seventh seed. They shouldn't be. Chris Paul's a part of it. Twenty-six points per game, five boards, five assists, fifty-six percent from the field, and forty-four percent from three. Chris Paul deserves a shout out not only for the way he's actually been playing, uh, but then also uh, you know his ability to at least help Shea Gilders Alexander grow, like we yeah. talked about a little bit. Shea got a wet boy because of Chris Paul play. Yep. So I mean, Chris Paul's dope. Shout out Chris Paul um, thought he was an asshole, uh, but he's not like a Kyrie guy, you know. It turns out he's not cancer. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. He's a winner, and yep. uh, shout, he's a winner, but he's a loser because yes. he hasn't won anything. Correct. But he's very good at basketball, yep. and I think I, who knows by age thirty-seven, he could he could be on one of those cheap deals <laughs> on a great team. It's weird because I used to be the 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 the, the Chris Paul. 
Uh, hater. Hater. No, no, no. Like, when we first started this podcast, I was like, Chris Paul's underrated. Mm. Chris Paul's top, top he might five, yeah, yeah, five yeah. point guard of all time. He's a top three point guard. Mm. I think it was like, you guys were putting like other people above him. Uh, I think it was like Steph and somebody else. Yeah. I was like, Chris Paul's so great. Uh, mm. And then I became like a staunch hater. And I'm like, CP3 is pretty cool. So I don't know where I stand with CP3. Have a love-hate relationship with him. I was shocked when Sean gave his wet boy like in our text group because I was like, oh, I got Zion. Dave was like, oh, I got Rudy Gobert, which yep. shocked me as well. I Dude, was the last person to drop it out. No, Sean was. I was. Oh, you were? Yeah, Shit. Was. You were the second long. long. Um, I, this morning. I thought you were going to, like, I was shocked. I Not really because you guys, I didn't know it was the dampest of dudes, well, the voices of men, fun, so. the winner of games. That, that's usually not in there. When you play um, good, thought, your team wins. I thought Dame Lillard, I thought you were going to go with Dame. And then when you said CP3, I'm like, oh, man, that's a snub. Uh, for Dame not getting a wet boy, but I mean, good wet boy. Dame, I mean, Dame scored sixty-one points and forty. He, he, he like does, forty in yeah. one game, sixty in another, hundred yeah, points the, in two the games. Sixty-one is the, the headline. Since, on since that. when yeah. does that matter? <coughs> James Harden. Yeah, but, I mean, you go one for seventeen. You can't get a wet boy this no, week. No, but this year, this year he's not wet this boys. week. But yeah, you. No one's stopping. How many wet boys does he have this year? Three. No one's stopping. You could have given more. You're not giving them more. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're, you're part of this podcast as much as we are. I share the love to the little guys. <laughs> I'm the one sharing the love. I think mostly Dame's this gotten year. one though before, right? Dame's gotten one this year, right? I am. It, up until last week, I picked a new wet boy who had never gotten one before. Yeah, and then you just pick Zach Levine twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah, so yeah. why didn't you give yours only to Dame repeat? Lillard? What? Why didn't you give yours? He had a better. It was He had a better like Zach said, Levine week than Zach I Levine w- did I, ever. Like did. I said, I would have. But Zion stole my heart. All right, where, where, we at, where are we at in fantasy? Are we well, still sucking? Before we get no, to fantasy. No, no, no. Zach Levine could average 28, but then Damon Lillard scores 47. But no, we'll give it to, give it to Zach Levine. No, I didn't say I was going to give I'm it to Zach. I'm fucking uh, with you. Before Being we get into fantasy, like this always. week is a big week for this podcast. Is that this week? Four years, baby. Is it today? The, the 26th was when the first podcast went out, but this is the week. That we started this thing. That the tri- us no, three. The, the triumphant us started. Three yeah, don't, started. Don't put it. my three months of work in the garbage here. Come no, on. I mean the here. former you, colleague, you and Phil. <laughs> yeah, me and Phil. Shout out Phil. Shout out Phil Burgess. Okay. Um, but it was the first trifecta here four years ago, yeah. 2016. It's a great anniversary. It we was spent da- it, nothing, David Blatt died for our for the sins. Past five hours. And David Blatt had to die for that to happen. Yes, that was the first topic we ever did was uh, how will uh, David, what, what does the David Blatt firing mean or something yeah. like that. And that was a, it was a good time. It was the first time I met Dave. It yeah. was the first time I met Dave. I met Dave four years ago. First today. impression of uh, Sean on me? Douchebag, I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah. Big time. No, but I think it was douchebag. Not too far off. No, it was douchebag before I met you. Mm. I mean, once I met I mean, I don't think I've ever disliked you. Mm. So that's the thing is, you know, we, we've, nice, yeah. we've always been We Agree Podcast. True. Ricky, fucking hate him. Um, but you, you? I don't think so. Cuts that throat. No, no, no. I'm talking beforehand. Me, me and him talking during baseball games kind of stuff. Mm, okay. Four years of doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Four years. Four years of life gone. And he has not picked up any of my sarcasm. No. No, Ricky. I have never hated you. <laughs> Christ. You got a fantasy update for us? Uh, yeah, we still suck. Didn't I throw a pen at you earlier too? Yes, you did. did. I don't know where it went. It's right there. The balance is pretty fucking It didn't fun. even hit me. Well, you started bringing up the Mitchell thing. It and hit I, right here. Yeah, you, you started throwing no, up the Mitchell I thing. I didn't say you until after brought, you threw the pencil. Yes, but I knew what you were going down. <laughs> so the fact that you were going down that route, I had to throw a pen at you. Uh, we still suck. End of story. Yeah. Okay. Where are we at? 10? We're at 8. We're 
Okay. We still suck. Did that short? Did, do, 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 do we nope, trade anything? Didn't move. Nothing moved. Nobody checks. I just, uh, well, I can give a I can give a fantasy. You want to check, quick. Dave? No, I'm saying like in our league, I'm pretty sure like two oh. people are checking still. I can give like a, if we toss out trades, like oh, who's did, who's checking? So I give I can give a fantasy update. You want to give me a fantasy? Update? You give me? No, we can, we still got Kawhi. Yeah, we still have Kawhi Leonard. We still. Have you want me to give you guys a fantasy update? Yeah, sure. So I'm in I'm in a league. All in the league he cares about. My team's a Hallelujah. Yeah, I paid a hundred bucks for this. Sorry, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna pay attention to this. Uh, I'm in seventh of eighth place. I just traded Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I got uh, I got my guy. Kawhi just had his first triple double, by the way, tonight. Oh, great! I'm fucking glad just I traded. Just gonna him. throw that out there um, for you. But I, I I got Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray back. It's a keeper league, so mm. that's why my my keeper was Kawhi Leonard. So now I have Luca and Donovan Mitchell as my keepers. Which I understand. It's a, it's a it's a dynasty league. So I'm gonna be in this for you know years before I win it. Uh, at some point, hundred dollars each gonna, year. So I'm gonna have Luka Doncic and uh, and uh, and uh, you know Don Mitchell. Did, did Kingy really just drop that trades? Yeah, we offered you Kawhi we, we will, two weeks. We'll do the Kawhi thing again. I, hey, maybe maybe we drive up the maybe we drive up the price. You just had oh, triple we double. did just because I did it on the pocket. Offer it right now. It was Kawhi. Yeah, offer it right now for Sadoransky and Drew Holiday. Well, yeah, I want, Sato, I want someone right? else though. Yeah, yeah Sado sucks. We're driving up the price. Kawhi just said triple double. Yeah. Okay. First ever. All right. Come on. Right. He could do it again. All right. He could do it. He could do it multiple times. Yep. So I gotta get back into fantasy because I closed. It. Maybe we didn't offer it though. I think no, we, we offered it. Okay. All right. Because I remember okay. twice clicking it. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm a, I'm a little okay. Paranoid okay. About this. We're never leaving. No, we're not. I, I, Ricky's like, we can still get food. And I was like, no, no we're not. We can still get food. It's terrible. We can do food, but we can't do the place you wanted. I know. We can get two B-dubs. No, I ran they're to... open until two. Yeah, but the, their kitchen's closed. No, they're not. They're open until one, I thought. Still. The kitchen closes at, like, fucking 12. We can get in and get out. No big deal. No. Um, we still have one more segment left. So you it's want... 11. Drew Holiday. <laughs> and you're... Not it's even. like a 30-minute drive, and we're just... Yeah. Drew Holiday. After I ranted about well, that. Who was on his team? I don't know who was on the team. <sighs> Kemba Walker, Bradley Beal, Alec Burks, Rocco, Bam. Rocco. Eric no, Bledsoe, Sekou Demboya, Josh Richardson, uh, Holmes, Daniel House, and Kevin Hutter. Give me Kevin Herter. No, fuck no. I would want Rocco over fucking Kevin Herter. This isn't ass. actual basketball. Bam this is a, stat line. Bam yes, and, and what? Bam's too good. Bam, oh, okay. Yeah, Bam's too good. Rocco is about a better Bam stat line. What about Bam? No, he gives you blocks and steals. Kevin Herter doesn't give you that. But he gives you assists. Oh, we don't need assists. What about really. Bam? What about Bam and Rocco? Drive up that price. We switch it from Drew no, to yeah. Bam Drew, as the no. centerpiece. I would rather have Drew. Drew than Bam. Drew and Rocco. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Drew Bam fits our needs maybe better. Alec Burks. We're so far behind in like rebounds. I say we just give up on it. We yeah, just go all in on the up. other stats. And yeah. we get, we Bam out of Iowa has ten and a half boards a game. I know. But Rocco's getting about six boards per game. Fuck do Rocco? Do Rocco and Drew? Fuck it. Rocco and Drew. There all you right, go, Kingy. Kingy. We just we proposed offered it. To you. it. Oh, let's move it's into the final. It's been offered. It's offered. It's been offered. Wait. It's been offered. Oh, I got to choose Kawhi. I got to choose what we give him because you got to give him something. That's how a trade works. (laughs) There, it's been offered. All right. 
You ready to start the final topic? Hell yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, the final topic this week is going to be the return of Victor Oladipo after his weird, mysterious injury that no one's like ever had in the NBA's history. Uh, Victor Oladipo going to be returning on the 29th. Right now, the Indiana Pacers sit at 29 and 16. They're 10 and a half games back of the Milwaukee Bucks. No one's chasing them, or no one's going to catch them, but they are only two games back of the two seed. Uh, Miami and Toronto are currently tied at 31 and 14 of that. So it is in reach, and they're getting an all-star guard back. Indiana so far has dealt with a lot of injuries as well, but they've been able to weather every single storm. Dave, what do you think? Because I know you were an Indiana Pacer hater going into this year, and you're wrong. Uh, what do you think about Victor Oladipo adding or coming back to this team, and what do you think is going to be the, the end result? Look, I was hating on them because I didn't expect Malcolm Brogdon to play as well as he has played without another fantastic player next to him. And it turns out that DeMontis Sabonis is an excellent player. Mm-hmm. Uh, even better than I had hoped. He's mm-hmm. he's looking like a version of his daddy. Uh, adding that outside shot, though, which is just... The, the growth from Sabonis is fantastic. Uh, but no, I, Malcolm Brogdon's played great. Like, this whole team has come together. The the, the buckets from TJ Warren's been super helpful. Uh, oh, yeah. I still think he's not a great player, but whatever. TJ Warren, De- Derek Favors, my my Hall of Famers. Yep. Retire the jerseys. Yep. Um, no, Vic's gonna be Vic's gonna be Whatever. pretty good. I'm just afraid of where he's gonna come back at health wise and how good he's gonna be. Because we saw like year over year, he's you know he peaked and then it's been uh, been okay, been okay. I'm just saying he had his breakout year and then after that he fell off a little. Mm-hmm. So are they gonna be good? Yes, they're they're gonna be good. They're gonna be a top four team in the East probably. There's a chance. I think it's just a question of, like, Victor Oladipo, is he going to come back on, like, a 20, 25, 30-minute restriction over the final um, month and a half of the season? Or what? I guess that's – I don't even know, like, what to expect out of him. Do you think coming off this injury – I know he's getting some run right now, but, like, do you think that they're going to put him back in there more than 20 minutes a night for the first uh, bit? Or do you think it's going to be a slow work in? Mm-hmm. I, I think that they're likely going to slowly work him in, and then probably past All-Star break, they fire him up. Um, he says he was way stronger than he was before, especially mentally. So that's good to you know yeah. see and and you know him having that confidence. But I mean, what player has never said that? Like, what player is like, oh yeah, I'm pretty mentally weak. I'm bull boy. Strong yeah. breeze can knock me over. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't think that's gonna uh, you know really be the case there. I, I think they're probably gonna work him in. I don't think he's gonna be playing 34 minutes like he did uh, that one great season, 2017, 2018. Yeah, uh, like he did. He popped but, off so fucking hard. I think he'll probably start at, uh, at 20 minutes and then they'll they'll work him up and by All Star break, I think he'll probably be playing at least 20 minutes, 28 minutes per wow. game. Okay. Um, I mean, if, if, if yeah. he's coming back, he's coming back. He's coming back to a you. playoff team. So you gotta you gotta be able to be effective. I get you. And I I truly disagree with you. Yes, he started to have that dip from you know. Last, you know, last 2017 year. to 2018, he, he, he was 2018, such 2019. the guy on that mm-hmm. Pacers team when he got traded over that it was like, oh, shit, we're seeing a superstar be born. And then he came back down to earth. But here's the thing is I, I do think that now with Brogdon and Sabonis' growth, I think you're going to see that efficiency return. Where last year that kind of dipped off. He was at 42, 34, yeah. and 73. They had some issues with that roster. He's going to hold less of a load. I hate saying that word because you guys always <laughs> laugh at it. Um, he's going to hold less of the load than he did in 2018, 2019. Can't handle this load. I think that he's going to be able to find more space to also work with. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he shoots 45% from the field, 35% from three, 
back at 80% from the line and, you know, puts up 20 points per game and goes 25 and 5 and with two steals because that's what he was pretty much averaging, you know, throughout his whole career. He's at 1.7, 2.4. So I think he could be in that area of 25 and 5 being more efficient than he was last year wow. because of Brogdon's help, because of TJ Warren's help, because of Miles Turner's help, because of uh, Devonta Sabonis' help. This team is much better than it ever was with him on it, with him on it. And he is a guy that I think is okay with being the star, but also very okay with playing within the team. And Nate McMillan deserves so much fucking credit for this team. Yeah. Um, I, I love he what he's been scraps, able to do. Yeah. And he's found a way to make everything fit. The Holiday brothers have been great for them. Uh, Miles Turner's been good. McDermott uh, was a flamethrower a couple nights ago. has been good. Yeah, and, and McDermott can get hot. So... I, I truly think that if he's able to come in and be efficient, I think that he's gonna the points will come just because of his athleticism. He's been a good passer before. He's always been a good defender. I, I truly think that this team could be the second best team in the East. I mean, they're two games separates uh, second from sixth place in the East right now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how close it is. I'm I'm with you. Like my my big question for this team has always been like when he comes back, what what will Victor Oladipo look like, and will he still have that top end? defensive ability to jump passes to be an active team defender like is he still gonna have that is he gonna take a step back you know what do you think Ricky Uh, with me I'm more thinking about I didn't even think about them making a rise in the playoff standings Mm -hmm. I was thinking okay there's always the question of a guy coming back from injury will he be the same right but even if he does add to the team I'm thinking playoffs what team with Vic would be the best matchup. And there's a part of me, I didn't think about them going up. I thought about them possibly going down. Because really? there's, on, there's only a half game between them and the Sixers. Um, so I was thinking about those two teams swapping. And for me, yes, the Raptors and Heat are tied. Yes, the, the Raptors and Heat are only a half a game above the Sixers. So all this and can change. I j- I just I feel like the best matchup for them maybe a team like the Raptors where Vic can maybe take over that series. You've got a deep team like the Pacers and you're going to have a Raptors team that yeah, they were here in the finals last year, but they're without their fearless leader. Like what are they going to be like in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard when they don't have Kawhi Leonard to lean on in those big moments? I'd rather go up against a team like that than a team like the Miami Heat, who have a flamethrower in uh, Jimmy Butler, who can take over a game late in the fourth. A team like Boston that we could see good Boston, we could mm. see bad Boston, but I think in the playoffs we're going to see good Boston. Like I'm thinking the Raptors mm. may be the team with Vic that I want them to see in the playoffs for their success. Yeah. Plus, the thing that I'm thinking for the Pacers is with Vic – if they rise up, they either have to, in my mind, rise up to two or three, or fall down to six, because then you can avoid the buck, avoid the bucks until the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's not a bad idea. I mean, Dave, you're kind of humming and hawing over there. Yeah. What would you take away from that? Yeah, I mean Jimmy Butler's not a flamethrower. He's having his worst shooting year I, of ever. I mean, like closer. Yes, like but, can take over the game in the fourth. Yeah, right? that phrase is used for for shooters. It's used for shooters. He's he's a scorer. And he's not efficient this year. He's can great catch, from the line. Catch though. fire. He's great from the all-star line. snub. Uh, he'll be an all-star. Well, starter snub. He, he was never the most popular. I, I like how you're saying he's great from the line. Yet this is his like worst. Really? Line, this is his wow. worst shooting percentage from the line since he was 2013, 2014. 
He just feels like he gets there a lot. He's, he's, yeah, this is the most he's ever been to the oh, okay. line. Okay. 9.6, but uh, he's a career 83.4% shooters at 82.9. Gotcha. Um, I, I like the matchup with the Celtics, actually, personally. But uh, I, I don't see this team falling. I think that like this whole two through six jumble could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Raptors are an interesting one because Kyle Lowry has seemingly righted his, himself and everything looks great. He looks like he's in great shape. Pascal Siakam grown exactly what we expected him to be after last season. He's picked up from where he left off, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and Norman Powell's come out of nowhere uh, post injury and been absolutely fantastic for them, scoring over twenty points a night uh, in his last, I think, seven games or eleven games. Um, yeah, they're they're an interesting matchup. I just don't like the Marcus All, Serge Ibaka versus Turner and Sabonis combo. I think I like taking advantage of a team like the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. where you have two bigs and you have Victor Oladipo who can come in and slow Kemba down where in that first matchup Kemba was able to run rough shot mm-hmm. over them. Uh, they've only played one time so far this year. They do have a couple of matchups coming up. So it'll be interesting to see where that kind of lands them. But I really like the matchup of them versus the Boston Celtics. It's so weird because I, I don't like that matchup. And it's it's funny because you look at every single team and you could look at the, how they're breaked up. Bucks are a great team with the best player in the the, the conference, right? Yes. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Miami also a great team, just kind of a worse team of the Bucks. Like there's no, they're, they just have depth. They have a ton of depth. Um, but but the Bucks have a ton of depth as well. But a big yeah. part of them is you know they, they they both play fairly similar space pace all that stuff. Uh, Toronto, great depth, really heavy on the bigs. Pascal Siakam, uh, Gasol, Abaka, Celtics. It's wing depth. Feels like with the Pacers, it's guard depth, right? Uh, and they do obviously have Sabonis and, and Turner. They got two good bigs. They got but, two good guards. But they don't have, they have good traditional no bigs. They got right? no wings. They don't have no wings. So that's the thing. Yeah. It's like lack of wings for the Pacers, but yeah. you got big, big in guards, yeah. right? Boston, good guards, good wings. Toronto, okay wings, good bigs. If you want to count Siakam as a wing, His that's wing, fine. Yeah, but yeah. they're kind of thin there outside of him and OG. Um, and then guards, you know, you got Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry. I think it's just super interesting. And then you also look at the Sixers, too. They got, you know, two bigs in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And then Mush, where everything else Mush. is all right. You got, you got Josh Toby, Josh Hart, like, eh. Al Horford. Who'd you say? Al Horford. No, but who'd you say before that? Toby. Oh, Toby. I think you said Josh Hart. I said... I might have said Josh Hart when I meant Josh Richardson. Yeah, I heard Josh Hart. <laughs> I might have said Josh like, Hart. I meant Josh Richardson. Um, so I, just, I just find it easy that, like, or weird that, like, you have these mixes of, like, teams that are, like, they have their pockets and their, their niches that are really good in. Yeah. Right? It was like, that's the reason why Toronto beat Philly last year was because they had Gasol. They made that trade for yes. Gasol, too. So it's like, I wonder if Vic coming back would change that, at least give them a little bit of a boost because, you know, if they're going up against Boston— I think they'd absolutely kill down low. Sabonis would run rough shot over Enos Cantor, um, and then you get to stretch out, you know, everybody else with with Miles Turner and uh, Turner's ability. But then again, I think they get eaten up by the wings. You have Gordon Hayward, you have George, uh, J- uh, Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, you have Kemba Walker. I think that they'd be able just to kill him with length in in that aspect. So I would wonder, like, what would they be doing? And maybe they would go super small on them and try to run Sabonis out of the game and have Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. 
So maybe they'd get absolutely murdered because you have Sabonis out there, but maybe if you play with enough speed, you can possibly cause a ton of you know turnovers. Because you see with uh, Jason Tatum, Tatum's just jumping everything, yeah. every route. And if, if you have Brown play with that ability, I, I think that there's a way that the Celtics win that matchup. I, I the, the matchup I really like them up against is Toronto because I think they would kill them with their speed. Mm. I don't... Toronto, I just don't know who's slowing down... Pascal Siakam, and I know that's like, do you want to do you want to say he's that level of a score yet or over people? Mm-hmm. But like, if TJ Warren's out there, he's getting roasted, right? Yeah, but I think Sabonis might be able to keep up with him, or Turner. Turner's Turner, a great defender. Turner's your best hope by far. Like he's, yeah, he he he's your best hope. It's just I don't I don't know if it's enough. I don't know. That's it's an interesting matchup one way or the other. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what matchup they completely flat out lose. Yeah. Because with Giannis, you just have to slow down Giannis, which is not easy, but then also, or not slow down Giannis, you just have to let Giannis beat you. You have to close out everybody else. Yeah. The iffy one is then who guards Chris Mid. So, and that, that one, I don't know if they have an answer to. Yeah, I mean, that's, they've got one great defender in Victor Oladipo, Miles mm-hmm. Turner after that. So like like we said, it's, it's a one, or it's a two five, you know, defender. And then right now, everybody who has great wings, what can they do against you? I would try to force ah, shit. Yeah, it's tough. Stuff. Mm. I think they can make it's it. It's just interesting. I, I'm glad yeah. that there's six great teams in the NBA East. True. That's a good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. I don't know. Might have lost. I just don't want to see them against the Sixers. I'll be honest with you. Why? That's the one that I just. Uh, I'm. I'm assuming that you think Embiid would beat the shit Embiid out of Embiid versus Turner. Sabonis and Turner is not going to work out well in their favor. Sabonis might. Sabonis might have a better shot than Turner. See, we'll but see. then you go to you go to Horford and Embiid, and that's where they win. Because if because you're gonna have to have Sabonis on likely Embiid then, and then you're gonna have Horford clear out Turner. So even then, the the help defense is not gonna be there. Yeah. So far, they've uh, they're two and one during the regular season, but I don't know. It's it's still one of two? those matchups. Pacers, the Pacers. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know who's been healthy. I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm just flipping through their mm-hmm. boxes at the moment. But yeah. But even then, it's a new team. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Face has been quiet. I just, with me, the whole thing is uh, first. I've just loved the conversation. I don't even think the Sixers and the Pacers are gonna like. I know you say that like it's a worry. Five. I I don't see it happening. I if I don't see both the Sixers and the Pacers moving up, and one of the teams, either Miami, it's not even Boston, a full game no, no, difference. No. That's my thought. Like you can't lock in teams when there's literally I, but you, you can lock two in, games. You can lock in a team. Yeah. One team. You can lock, lock in the, the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, and I mean the thing I'm you can saying lock in is all six into playoff spots, I don't and you can lock see in the Bucks into one. Both of those teams going on a run. If anything, it's one of those teams will go on a run and knock a team down. I don't see a team like Boston falling below the Pacers. And the 76ers. So they're not going to lose two games. Yeah. I, well, the, pa- the I Pacers feel- are returning a near all-star talent, and they're not going to go up, or the 76ers are going to get a healthy, maybe healthy Joel I would That's put, the question mark, I would I put my money on the Pacers being the team of the two with Philly and Indy. The Pacers would be my bet to move up the rankings so they could, before the 76ers. So they could 3-6 it? Hey, let's just do I mean, this. They, uh, they could, but this. I see the Pacers are either going to go on a magical run to where they're the two seed, or they're just going to move up to like we're, the four. We're a little past midway. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me your playoffs 
spots in the East. We haven't um, done this. I'm surprised we, we haven't. Done this. Yeah, we're. I'll give, say give me, give me Milwaukee at one. Shocker. Uh, I'll say Miami at two. Okay. Toronto. Are you just reading off the standings? No, I'm thinking like the first, <laughs> Miami. I'm, I think has been you. on a heater this year. I think that they'll they're good have at home. They to, suck everywhere else. I think they'll be able to lock down that second seat. It's the Raptors to me. Like, yeah, they've been eight of two in their last two. I almost want to put them at three because mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be that good regular season team, but in the playoff may see a little bit of struggles when a team can match up with them and game plan for them um, in a seven-game series. Um, I'll flip Toronto and Boston. So I'll say Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Indy, no, Toronto, Indy, and then Philly. So really the only two I have flipping is Toronto and Boston. Dave? Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Heat, Celtics, Sixers. Kill the rest of the East. And then, I'm sorry, Magic Bulls. (laughs) You've beaten one team with a 500 record. (laughs) Give me me, me the Bulls in the playoffs with the eighth seed. Uh, My seventh seed will be the Nets. I think I I got the Magic falling out for literally no reason. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll take take Shocker Bucks at one. Um, Are they going to win 70? Yeah, right? Unless they, unless Giannis just stops playing it all together, no. I, I just mean, think his they, minutes they go down to like go, twenty. A they game. need to go thirty and three, right? I mean, no, no. I don't know, do math. Yeah, that is. They would need to go. No, they would need to go because it's seven. six, six and six. <laughs> yeah, thirty and six. Thirty and six, which so is they, not too far off their forty and six, considering they're nine and one in the yeah, last ten. They could do that. All right. Uh, they're they're number one no matter what. Yeah. Uh, they're number one. I'll take Toronto at two. Yeah. Uh, they're they they they've played a tough schedule and they're thirty one and fourteen. And they haven't been healthy the whole season. Yeah. I'll take uh, I'll take Indiana at my three seed. Then I'll take the Heat. Then I'll take Boston. Then I'll take Philly. What a great podcast. Then I'll take Magic Nets. I guess. I don't really care. All right. I want to see Fultz in the playoffs, so give me give me the give me Magic Nets. Okay. And then okay. I want to see Kyrie blown out by Giannis. Thanks. So there we go. Okay. That's our East. Let us know your East down in the comments below, and uh, we think that Victor Oladipo can. He's add, a great addition yeah. back. It's just going to uh, be interesting to see the matchups. Not many teams just add a All Star for no price. I do yeah. want to throw out Diamond and Twitch chat and Demon King. Diamond says Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, then Miami, Indy, Toronto. Brooklyn and then Detroit sneaking in there with the eight seed. Get out of here with me. And then Demon King says Bucks at one, Heat at two, Pacers at three. So he's got them coming up. Raptors at four, Sixers at five, Boston at six, and then he said seven Nets and Magic. I think yep. he meant eight for the Magic, but Nets at seven, no, no, Magic he, at eight. He means that they're going <laughs> to both, both be the seven seed, the seven and then that the Bucks get a buy, and that they both have to play Miami. It's going to be a triple threat in the in the first round. Ten on five, yeah. Ten. And, and no, I five almost, on five on five. They're oh, put okay. in a third basket. And Ooh. Diamond puts D Rose playoff. I almost want to uh, no. kind of say yeah for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we really appreciate it on Twitch.tv slash Most Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget to check out Patreon.com slash Most Valuable Podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody coming up. If you guys want to throw up the uh, patrons again, uh, we want to you know thank Sam as well for being on Superfans. This was on the stream before, mm-hmm. uh, but we do want to thank him. Uh, we want to thank... Uh, uh, Demon King, we know he's a patron. He's been in here. Uh, Sam's been in here. Uh, we appreciate you guys being up in here. Uh, we appreciate Diamond as well. That's a new name. It's good to see new names uh, pop up. Uh, but clearly, he's been a fan. He's been dropping uh, mm-hmm. some some stuff that we've talked about before. So shout out to Diamond. Um, and then, uh, am I missing anybody else? Um, and that's been on the Twitch Kingy. chat. Kingy. Yeah. Shout out to the King. Eric earlier uh, for super fans. Eric earlier as well. I think there's been Who's a couple. Been on the fast break before. Yeah, there's been a couple more as well. So I, I just closed out a Twitch. So that's uh, my fault. Um, but thank you for everybody that has participated in the Twitch chat. And again, if you're watching uh, on YouTube or uh, listening to the podcast, thank you very much. It appreciates it. But for uh, Ricky Weber, Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.